The Tumbling Saber Podcast is a proud member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Connect with us on Twitter and Facebook. Subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts. Visit our base at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. Welcome back. It's time for episode 189 of the Tumbling Saber podcast. I'm Kyle. I'm Corey. And I'm Carlos. It's happening. It's on. It's happening. It's fu- The dam is broken. Oh, man. The second week in a row that we have more news to talk about than we know what to do with. Like, it's it's crazy. I'm, I'm so excited. I've been distracted, I guess is the easiest word. I've been very distracted all weekend by this onslaught of of amazing news and visuals and announcements we'll get to all that in time but uh, boys it's been it feels like it's been a while since we've been together carlos what's going on man uh (laughs) (laughs) wow i've been busy man i've been busy and um with work and uh yeah it's 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 been a tough uh it's been a tough six weeks here but uh yeah, hopefully things uh, things are turning around. You know, we'll see. Hopefully things are are better. I I, I just want to say before before we even toss it off to Corey, I just want to say I wasn't here for last week's recording, um, and I I just wanted to uh, give my condolences to uh, Steve Kirk's uh, family and friends. Uh, I've had the pleasure of of podcasting with him once, uh, maybe twice, but I'm pretty sure at least once, and. Um, uh, I, 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 I've gotten gifts in the mail from him and I'm looking at my inter, uh, Galacticon stickers and, uh, my token and I have a, I have a beer mug from him and it just, uh, I was really, really rocked by that news. And, um, uh, it was nice to, uh, to hear, uh, some of the tributes, uh, coming in from the people who knew him better than I did and, uh, helped me, uh, wrap my head a little bit around what, you know, around the news. Uh, so I just want to say, um, the force will be with you and I'm, I'm happy that, uh, I, I got to, I got to know him as a, as a, as a member of the Commonwealth and as a patron of, uh, Carlos creates, he always had nice things to say about what I was doing. And, uh, but I mean, hearing what people talk about Steve, uh, it's not surprising that he only had nice things to say. So, uh, that's, uh, that's my final piece, uh. You're here. Yeah. Yeah, he is. uh, Yeah, that's that's it's still kind of leaving ripples throughout our network here. And we're still kind of still kind of reeling from from the news. And on a weekend like this, where there was so much cool stuff to talk about, we're we're certainly going to miss his input and his enthusiasm. So, yeah, the the force, he is one with the force. And uh, again, we are we're we miss him. We definitely miss him. Corey, what's going on with you, buddy? Well, uh, it was definitely a, kind of a an amazing week, to be honest. I mean, it was kind of an emotional roller coaster as well at times. You know, uh, I don't know. I got to camp again this week weekend, but uh, you know, we got some amazing news. I mean, we got some great news with the Matrix coming out this week with a the fourth episode. 
But that was kind of trumped and over. I I think it is. So just back off. Step off. Anyhow. (laughs) In a week with all the Star Wars news. Don't step on my positivity. Why why you got to step on my. (laughs) We're going. Anyway, it was overshadowed by MCU news, which I got a lot of opinions about. That's for another day. But other than that, it was. uh, Yeah, it was. was Wait, wait, okay, wait. I'm going to take. Sounds like you have you have a complaint about the MCU news. Yeah, I'm just. I'm. I, 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 let's just say I hope they can come to an agreement. Oh, the Spider-Man stuff. Yeah. Well, they they, they had an, an official. Well, we got from... spoiled on that front too, though. Like the the whole like the, all the news we got from D twenty three this weekend as well. It's like with what was already slated from uh, San Diego Comic Con. I was like, what? Like, it's it's on now, man. It's a beautiful thing. Well, Feige spoke again this weekend about the whole, and Tom Holland, about the Spider-Man thing. It was almost like a joint statement saying, yeah, it's done. Uh, we told the story of Spider-Man that that we wanted to tell. We we knew that we didn't have this arrangement forever. We're done. And they've kind of both made it sound like it's done. It's a done deal. I still kind of, I still feel like it's posturing. I still can't believe, because I, I think the, the contract actually only ends in, in a few months from now. So there's still clearly timed to, to iron this out yeah i i hope i mean they, at this point the amount of backlash i've heard i've heard some backtracking rumors as well i've heard all kinds of things and regardless of what it is they need to work out their issues and I, granted i agree spider-man might need some individual film time and you know a whole spider-verse would be cool too but to have him excluded from that mcu sandbox it would be an utter shame man and i, I would I feel it. I would hold some resentment toward that. And that's my favorite character, pretty much. You know what I mean? Like, so, I don't know. I just, I feel like we've waited long enough and it's like we just get the Fantastic Four and X-Men. The MCU is pretty much fully united and it's like, no. Do you get the feeling that the post credit scene from Far From Home was a way to burn uh, any chance of future Spider-Man movies? Because I, I when I when I saw that I'm like why what are they doing like is that is that part of another dream sequence is that like maybe he's a fear thing and then all of a sudden this news comes out and it's like maybe Sony saying um, or or Marvel saying to Sony uh, yeah you're gonna have to start over you're not using our guy I don't it's I don't know these things are so complicated but I mean Tom Holland is Sony's guy they. Tom Holland did say this weekend that, you know, I he he's looking forward to continuing on as Spider Man. It's gonna be there's still gonna be awesome movies. He's pumped. It, they're gonna be different, but he's he's excited. Yeah, but the, in, yeah, I think but Spider Man the, the shine doesn't wear off Spider Man. Like I, I think uh, even the Tobey Maguire uh, Spider Man movies made a killing. Oh yeah, they they're they will still make money. They I don't so, know that yeah. they'll make as much as if you know. I think their credibility now takes a hit. Yeah, and I think yeah, being connected to the MCU kind of gave it a little bit of that boost, uh, and uh, they're they're out of their damn minds if they think that their the next Spider-Man movie is going to make more than uh, Far From Home. Um, but Again, like, Spider-Man is bankable, man. He's a bankable character, so people want to see that, and they just keep getting better and better too, as far as like uh, the graphics and and the action sequences and stuff. Uh, the storytelling has been hit and miss over the over the five movies, but um, 
they had something really good going and i'm I, i'm with you Corey. like i, I uh, it's it's a little there's a, a little bit of resentment there mm-hmm. um but at the same time like they could always strike up a deal next week you know what i mean like we we don't know yet yeah, that's it. Like, I, I just want to stay optimistic just because, again, like, I believe that Spider-Man does deserve some alone time now, you know, with the last film. He could step away a bit from the MCU because he's that big of a character. But the way they've set him up now in the MCU to be the next Iron Man and whatnot, it'd just be an utter shame. But, again, I want to see movies like The Sinister Six and blah, blah, blah. But knowing that it's outside the actual MCU universe now, it kind of looks like, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know if it's just me being... Uh, bitter and grumpy and stubborn or whatever but it like it loses a bit of its appeal to me i know what you mean it, it does for sure like I, I i won't lie my interest in a spider-man movie that is not mc related plummets absolutely plummets tom holland or not and i love tom holland i just i i have limited interest for for a spider-man movie that is not connected to the mcu yeah, and maybe but, that's stupid. Maybe that is stupid. I I have the same sense about the Joker movie. Like, it's not connected to anything else. My interest is therefore limited. That's a me thing. That's a me problem. I get it. But uh, we, we talked about this on Twitter, I think, with, with Carlos DM and the Nerd Room guys and Stubaka. Maybe the, the way out of this is, is, you know, they mentioned, I think, in, in uh, Far From Home about the multiverse, which could have been BS on Mysterio's part. But maybe it wasn't, and maybe the they kick off the it's next. Been mentioned before in the in the MCU already, anyhow. Yeah, and Doctor Strange is in, in yeah. the multi, uh, multiverse of madness, so it's a thing. The, the multiverse is a thing in the MCU, so maybe the next Sony movie kicks off with Spider Man kind of falling through some sort of portal, and now he takes now Tom Holland is in a different Spider Verse, and then if a contract ever gets hammered out, well, he just slips back into six one six it's just the way that it went public too you know it's so like boom in your face like breakup it's like no anyway did you see jeff goldblum's reaction he couldn't find the words no no why yeah i know that was funny but anyway why are we talking about spider-man when there's so much star wars to talk about because yeah, I guess it's yeah. what we do, but let's it's let big the, news, whatever. Let's let the guys at the, the nerd room figure this stuff out there. They know more than we do. Let's let's jump back into the GFFA. I mean, it's been a crazy, crazy week, guys. But yeah. by saying that, you're, try, you're you're making us seem like we know what we're talking about here, too. <laughs> well, come on. Anybody who's listened to us for more than five minutes knows we have no idea what we're doing. None. It's fun, though. But we enjoy doing it. We enjoy yes. not having a clue while we do it. Exactly. Oh man, I, I've I, I've enjoyed a week off. This is my final two hours, technically, of of my week off. Um, I I had a good time. Went camping. I was outside a lot this week. Don't have the sun to show for it, but uh, yeah, I spent a lot of time outside. It was more or less a beautiful week. Uh, but I want to say thanks to Rick specifically for keeping the Facebook group alive and running while I was away. And uh, tip of the cap to rick thank you sir for doing that especially especially during this weekend when i knew that there'd be lots to talk about and i just wouldn't be around as much as i wanted to uh so yeah we got we got all we got all the news in the facebook group and rick is primarily to thank for that so uh rick we love you buddy okay Corey. so uh collecting update i feel like you i feel like you did it again I did do it again, but uh, 
in a good, good way. Anyhow, yeah, I've been hunting, man. I've been hunting for these new Marvel figures. I'm digging them. So anyhow, I, I finally locked down like a Loki, but from the comics, not the MCU version. Let's, let's skip over the Marvel stuff. We, it's, it's a, we've already done Spider-Man. Let's go go over it. Past this part. Go past this uh, part. <laughs> it's so good, though. Anyhow, yeah, the, the only Star Wars thing I really got was uh, <laughs> Maul from the archive line. It's, it's quite nice. The That's face sculpt on it. It's really nice. The face sculpt is like, boom. I don't think I've ever seen a, a bad Maul figure. To be honest, I don't. I really don't think I've seen one. It's kind of true. Eh? Even the six-inch version was pretty good, or the uh, three and three-quarter. Sorry. Yeah, my son was playing with uh, my my Phantom Menace Sith Speeder Mall figure today. It's, that's a that's a great figure. Uh, all right. So I mean, I got nothing Star Wars related this week, but there is some collecting news that we should talk about. Uh, starting with uh, the images of these new five-inch figures that will be replacing the standard three and three quarter figures i don't know i don't know I, I sent you guys the link f- to the images i'm not feeling these personally which is which is weird because they have that disney infinity vibe to them which i liked i thought i was going to get into that line never did but i i kind of don't dig these kinda... oh hell no <laughs> like no. yeah like just just look at the men box art and design crap uh, the look of the toy itself is the mold and the sculpt. Like you said, I have this exact same thing written down. It looks like Disney Infinity on steroids. It's garbage. Well, they're clearly like, animated. They're sti- animated stylized stuff, which normally I'm okay with. Yeah, but that's it. But usually you're okay with it because you have the alternate options of things. Like when you have – I bought a whole bunch of Disney Infinity things just because they got marked down to like $2 when I went out of, out of business or whatever. But I mean I was like, oh, these are super cool and stylized and neat. But – I mean, it just doesn't make any sense to me to to blatantly change <laughs> like uh, the mold, you know, to literally. Well, I mean, so I say I, I don't like the figures or I'm not feeling the figures really. I'm, I'm probably still going to buy a few just because. But I I like the idea of them. And I'll tell you, what, like, I, I like it because like from a segment that kids. Yeah. From a segmenting standpoint, I think Hasbro seems to have like they seem to me they've created a product with these for the proper demographic like they have much better playability for kids right and that... i think based on toy sales which we've been told have been slumping like i think kids have kind of given up on the like stiff arm stiff legged 5 poa 3 and 3 quarter figures like they're just not as interested as they used to be so these ones are are they have like these Features of like the Sith swinging action and uh, the Wookiee slam or whatever it's called, they're just they're more playful. There's a higher playability factor. They're they're super articulated. I think kids will get a bigger kick out of these. They're they're bigger and they're, I think they're probably easier to handle. And for us collectors who want to collect three and three quarters, we're still going to get the, uh, the the vintage collection stuff. So so I get the logic from Hasbro. Even if I'll just miss, I'll miss having the uh, the five POA figures on a card attached to the movie that you know they're promoting. Yeah, I think it's it comes down to um, like refocusing the target and 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 responding to to collectors uh, because there are collectors who have been collecting the three and three quarters since they came out. Yeah, it's and, a streamlined thing. It's, that's it. And then comes along the the the, the six inch figures which everybody's up 
everybody's all about the Black Series uh, six inch figures. Uh, and they're the hyper real are eight eight inch. So for me, it makes sense that the the, uh, the three and three quarters evolving because uh, you know going back to the seventies and saying okay yeah this, the, the the figure should be this size, not very scientific. You know what I mean? It was just okay, let's do that, and that's what it was for forty years. Um, and now they're moving to. Uh, the, these five inch, but the thing I don't like about the five inch is that they are stylized and they kind of have this galactic heroes uh, look to them. They're very, for me, it's an afterthought and it's just um, maybe they are targeting them more towards children, but they don't, they're not as appealing to me. And maybe that's what they're hoping that it's not appealing to a 38 year old or actually I'm going to be 40 next week. Ugh. Uh, <laughs> you, you just skipped right over 39. I know. <laughs> Uh, or, or yeah, so they're, they're, they don't appeal to a 40 year old. So I'm not even going to consider spending my money on a three and three quarter or a five inch. And if I do want to collect, I'm going to go straight to the six inch and it's going to help focus other collectors from having to buy. Well, now I have to buy six inch and I have to, I have to buy the black series. I have to buy the three and three quarter. I have to buy the vintage collection. So maybe they're responding to the complaints of star Wars collectors. I mean, I don't know who would complain, you know, Star Wars, oh, but... have you been on Facebook? <laughs> no. And, uh, so, <laughs> um, yeah, so I think it's that, but you know what? They want to sell toys. Absolutely. They, they want to sell toys. You know what they want to do? They want to sell toys. So the kid was going to get it and rip the box open right away. They don't want to sell a toy to somebody who's going to keep it for 40 years and try to resell that thing. Yeah. They don't, well, that's not the point. It's not the point. It's not no. the point. I'll, I'll I'll give you I'll give you all that. 100. I'm on the same page in the sense that they really do look stylized, and they're they are 120 percent for kids. These aren't really aimed at collectors. It'd be nice maybe to get one or two, but again, I these are like box openers. You know what I mean? For me, I'll get a pole. I'll like, definitely get a pole. Like uh, if it's if uh, if pole's my guy, then I'm gonna get a pole. If you like stormtroopers, you'll get a stormtrooper. But you don't have to collect them all. No. But either way, I I, I don't like the bar box art. Either I think it's really dollar store design. Well, no, it's what Carlos and, just said. They're meant these are, these boxes are meant to be destroyed, ripped apart, exactly. and exactly, play with the yeah. toy. I agree with you, but like Carlos mentioned earlier, I think it is a thing that is kind of odd for me in the sense that we've had eight prior films with three and three quarter figures. Why not just make a line of like maybe nine to twelve or something, something that these collectors can have that makes their collection streamline. You know what I mean? Like I get it's a bit of extra money, but hey, it's the end of an era the end of a saga like i mean why just change at the last minute it, it to me like i get again like they are marketing this for kids but i feel like they could have done a, at least a bit of three and three quarter just to appease the fans like granted again the non-bendability of those figures i hated them even as kids like we were spoiled with gi uh, gi joe three and three quarters those are the bomb yeah because we, we got into the, we got yeah i mean at, at our age coming into toys in like the mid 80s we got into all of it at the same time, G.I. Joe, Star Wars, all at the same time. So getting, I remember getting a G.I. Joe figure and going, yeah, look at his knees bend, his elbows bend. Look at this. He's the coolest. What is this Star Wars figure doing? He yeah. doesn't bend anywhere. <laughs> it was appalling. But yeah, luckily I love Star body, Wars. Like power bombs and like you just full on articulation, like slow-mo. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, the point is 
this is for kids. This is for kids to fall in love with Star Wars so they can have their little play adventures. It, I get that it makes sense because you walk into a store now and sure the pegs are mostly empty now as they prep for, for episode nine. But there are still some stores, my grocery store, for example, it is still three and three quarters figures swinging from the pegs from The Last Jedi, from Solo. They're untouched. Who do you want? It's still there. Like, go get it. It's <laughs> And they're starting to blow out The Last Jedi ones for six bucks a piece. Resistance figures haven't budged yet, but, you know, people just aren't buying the three and three quarters. So I get they're trying to stimulate uh, a new segment, a, a new product range here. Marvel's moved away from the three and three quarter already. You know, they, yeah, they, I, I like the new stuff. Their lower end figures, lower end in air quotes, is around this scale. Maybe not this stylized, animated, but they've moved away. It seems like yeah, it's apples and oranges, man. Like I'm just talking, like again, like I don't really care because, frankly, I don't really collect three and three quarter. You know, uh, I'll get the odd figure now and again, I guess, but. Uh, I just feel bad for the collectors that have like they want to have this, you know, diorama of all nine films. And then you got these big people like the giants of the rise of Skywalker. Well, no, I mean, they're, I guess they're going to have to. And there could be exceptions. I mean, like you said, they might maybe Corey, they will put out a, like a set of figures at one point. I don't know. But the, the vintage collection will will definitely offer up figures from the rise of Skywalker. And they'll be articulated in ways that the five POAs aren't, obviously, but, you know, such is life. And uh, I'm, I'm sure we'll all be, we'll all be fine. I'm going to guess that we'll be fine. Uh, Carlos, have yes. you seen these new Lego sets? Yes! Are you excited? <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, I can't be more excited. Uh, for the ones that have been leaked, uh... <laughs> I don't. I don't know where to start. Like well, I don't know. <laughs> well, let's just run down the list. So we've got um, the Pasana speeder with Ray. Like it. A tre- uh, the tread speeder trooper, a jet trooper, and BB-8. We've got another Falcon with Lando, Chewie, three PO, and, and a bunch of others. Uh, Can we talk about that Falcon before we move on? Yeah, sure. Best looking Falcon. There's no. Uh, there, there, there's no gaps in between the paneling on the top of the it's falcon. tighter it's definitely tighter. oh man and tight and it's it it is literally tighter like it's toy like a toy like it's gorgeous that lando minifig looks great too oh yeah oh yeah like other than having 3po on the set i mean i think it's perfect <laughs> <laughs> okay next <laughs> uh the resistance y-wing with poe zori oh. a first order snow snow, snow trooper an astromech droid and do yeah do yeah take me away uh, like this is it I, man I've... all day long with that y wing yes yeah there's yes. that's sweet the red trim is hot man yeah man it's gorgeous it's, i love it I, I love it i'm definitely picking that one up all over it all over it and interesting that on the package zori is piloting the y wing I, yes. I, I don't i don't want to read too deeply into that i, I know she has her own ship no, it's it's Lego. You can't really take. Uh... I know I shouldn't, yeah. but why not put yeah. why not put Poe in the cockpit? You know what I mean? No, I understand. Uh, I know I know exactly what you mean, but at the same time, they constantly put characters in sets that are like really. <laughs> That's bizarre. Yeah. So I don't know, but, but it's I'm... cool that we're getting a Zori figure. Oh, oh man, yeah! Like, what a good selection of figures. 
oh, Poe. Yeah. Poe, of course. Poe is Poe. It's never a bad thing. But Zori and the First Order Snowtrooper, that cool-looking blue astromech, and Dio. Like, the astromech looks like he, he's, uh, he's a hologram. It does a bit. I've seen a, yeah. a better high It's high a resume. force ghost, you idiot. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's Anakin reincarnated into this astromech. <laughs> he's back! <laughs> the uh, how about the, the Resistance A-Wing with Snap Love it. and Connix? Yeah. See, other, other than having Snap Wexley, uh, who's not anatomically correct in this... Uh, <laughs> They should have made a chubbier, <laughs> a chubbier Lego minifig. Um, no, I, I don't mind Snap. He's cool. But uh, this is an awesome A-Wing. This is like um, almost, I'm not going to say a retread, but it's because it's obviously a lot better. But the green trim, kind of like a, the 2009 A-Wing that they released. Uh, and I'm happy that it moved away from what they did with the um, with the... The Lando A-Wing from two two years ago, two, three years ago. Uh, so, yeah, man. So far, uh, no misses. Yeah, I like the color. Like, that green on that uh, yeah. A-Wing looks pretty hot. Yeah, yeah. Really good looking. Uh, what A shuttle that I never really cared about before, Kylo's. <gasps> I, suddenly, I care a lot more. Well, you know why? It's because it's actually movie accurate now. It look yeah. There's something about the image on on the front. It just the scale looks better. It just it looks Everything. fantastic. And of course the the selection of minifigs. Yeah. Kylo Pride, a Sith trooper, a regular stormtrooper, but two Knights and, of Ren and two Knights of Ren. Like you're getting it all there. Like that's like wow. Six that, minifigs. A, oh yeah. <laughs> and 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 there's something to be said as well. We talked about this in the Facebook group, but the package design for the Falcon and for Kylo shuttle. I I don't know if it's because they're bigger sets, but the box, the pa- the box art has that premium UCS look to it, which which helps. That, yeah. Well, it's dark. The backgrounds, uh, because of the sh- like uh, on the Passana Speeder Chase, it, it's uh, it's in the desert, so it's kind of like a lighter image. But when you look at the Y wing and you look at the Kylo shuttle, even the A wing, it's on a dark background, so it kind of pops more. Um, or, or it actually not that it pops more, but it's more cohesive so it looks like that premium packaging of a, of a ucs set i completely agree with you um but uh everything all the rise of skywalker sets have the same uh the same trim with the kylo ren um on the on the box art there it's it's gorgeous and the thing about kylo shuttle is uh we i mean i dropped this probably six months ago if not more that they were going to be releasing this and um if you do a side-by-side with the one that they released for the force awakens it's completely different. Completely, it's it's way more movie accurate. You could tell that when they got the the the, the schematics for Kylo shuttle, uh, it was before the movie was released, and it was really not the same as what they had imagined. Uh, and now they came back and they fixed it, and I think it's it's glorious. This is something that I'm gonna get. Like this is, it's right right above the Falcon, and even though the Falcon is gorgeous. I still think that, and this uh, Kylo Ren shuttle is going to be cheaper than the Falcon. I still think that this is the best set of the run. Yeah, debatable. Yeah, I mean, it, it is really nice. I, 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 I'm still Y wing over Kylo shuttle. Yeah, I already have a Y wing. Maybe that's why. Mm. And I have, I have Kylo's uh, tie silencer. Yeah, yeah, tie f- yeah that's. But that, that'll be a nice pairing, though, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> 
I don't know. Jeez. <laughs> just when I think I've got a handle on this collecting thing, and <laughs> they just keep doing this to me. I love how you say, how often you've said that now. And I just it it doesn't work. I thought this summer I would take the summer off of collecting or just ease back and lying in wait for Triple Force Friday, and I have blown so much cash this summer. Good God. <laughs> yeah, me too. Just join the dark side, man. No, just you've you've done that. Accept least. your fate. You've doubled mine. You've doubled what I've spent for sure. And I'm good with it. I've accepted it. Uh-huh. Uh huh. The ATST Raider from the Mandalorian. So Mandalorian sets I, coming around. I, I love the look of this thing. I mean, it's it's a little weird with the kind of like the rusted out legs and the one of the the red leg, uh, kind of like um, you know three PO's red arm. Uh, but the design of the ATST is uh, gorgeous. It's very reminiscent of the, the probably the best the best ATST that they released with the Rogue One uh, release. Um, so I- I'm quite happy with that, especially since the last a- ATST uh, came without a head. Like the, this oh, one, yeah, uh, that was a yeah. I, I yeah, that set bothered me. Just seeing it on yeah. the shelves bothered me. Oh yeah, it's, it was stupid. It was stupid. It's interesting though. Like I like thinking of it in the sense that. You know the the last remnants of the empire uh, empire have kind of like come together and they like mishmashed and scrapped together what they could to to build what they can and I don't know we'll, uh, I I hope the series does kind of provide some further clues or just some some connective tissues to the Skywalker saga possibly like the sequel trilogy in that regard in regards to the empire anyhow well, well yeah we'll come we'll come to that in a little bit. Uh, so yeah, the ATST Raider comes with the Mandalorian figure, Cara Dune, and two Clatoonian goons. So I don't know. I'll, that's a wait and see for me. I'll, you know, I guess if, if I'm being honest, I probably won't get this. Uh, it depends on the price. Yeah. Uh, if uh, if it comes in around forty five, uh, between forty and fifty, I think it's a good pickup. I yeah. I uh, you get the Mandalorian, which is awesome. I think that's cool. Yeah, I mean, with the with the trailer that dropped that we'll talk about in a few minutes. Yep, the collectibles surrounding this show are going to be madness. It's crazy. Uh, then finally, we get the Yoda little Yoda statue and Death Star cannon with Kenobi. I like that because they re- they released the, the the Death Star escape with Luke and Leia last year, uh, and I like that you can actually like build kind of like a playset. Yeah, with, almost like a modular thing. Yeah, I, I I like that. I think it's cute, and it, I, I mean, let's be honest, it's what probably a thirty to forty dollars set, um, maybe even le- le- yeah, probably thirty. So uh, it's awesome. You get Obi Wan Obi Wan with the new hood piece. I, I I like it. I like it. I think it's uh, I think it's really good. Uh, the Yoda bust, the Yoda set, is a little more is a little touchy for me. It kind of you don't get the roundness of the eyes properly. Uh, it's a little, it's a little weird, um, but uh, it, it's in line with the BB-8 and the Porg. Um, I was say, how much do you think it's going to be? Like one twenty? Pro- I don't know how many pieces. I don't remember uh, what I read. What the piece count was? I think it was a thousand something pieces, which comes in around the, the same as BB-8. So maybe one twenty, one twenty-nine. Uh, it, it's going to depend because a lot of the uh, Lego Star Wars stuff, actually Lego in general, the, the prices are going up. So forget about the the era of ten cents per piece, no longer applicable. Yeah, you got to wait for the discounts now, <laughs> and that's it. Otherwise, or 
or or if you if you see the Y wing and you're like that's worth seventy five bucks to me, then you pay seventy five bucks for it. Like if the last Y wing was seventy five, so if if this one is seventy five, oh, it's gonna be, be ninety nine. Maybe I think I yeah. I'm gonna, I was gonna say eighty nine. That's where I think that's that it. one's gonna sit. To me, it's it's kind of worth it. Uh, I don't know. It depends. And this is just, if, this, if, is, this is just the first wave. That's exactly what I was gonna say. Whoa. That's this is exactly what I was gonna say. So we're we're getting and in this first wave, you you have five ships. It's it's out of this. This is probably the best run since the Rogue One run. And in that run, you got Krennic shuttle, you got uh, the Tie Striker, you got um, uh, the ATST. As I said before, um, quite a few. Quite a few other sets, the Battle on Scarif. Uh, you got the Resistance, um, uh, not the Resistance, but the uh, the Transport, the Imperial Transport. Uh, th- there were quite a few really good sets from Rogue One. This one's this one's right there. This one's like, for me, best in three, four years probably. It's a good run, and I just to think what else is coming. We don't we don't know yet. I don't I don't think there's been any other leaks about what's coming from from Episode Nine. But there's a good pose pose orange X wing is going to be a, a set at some point for sure. I don't know. It got destroyed. I'm, uh, he might not be piloting that. No, I'm no. There, sure. Spoilers. There's a, there's an orange X wing in in all orange. All orange, baby. I don't know if that's a spoiler. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I haven't seen anything yet. Yeah, no, I don't know. Cool. I don't know. We'll see, man. Uh, oh man, if Paul comes out, I have to get another X wing. Yeah, it's, it's going to be cool. It's, it, it looks pretty cool. Anyway, let's well, move we know we're getting in, in, the, the one thing I'm going to say. We know in January that we're getting uh, Obi Wan's hut. And what did I tell you when that news dropped last January? I said it in last January that uh, next January we're getting uh, Obi Wan's hut. And I was remember I said I was pissed because uh, I made my mock. Yeah, you made your own mock. I made my own mock, and then the pizza like I was holding it like a pizza. Did we already get Obi Wan's hut? No. We've had well, Yoda's hut. hut. Yoda's hut. Luke's hut okay. on the toe. Yeah. So, okay. I, and when that dropped, I said, they're going to be releasing it next January, January 2020. And it would be awesome if it was coming with the news of an Obi-Wan series. Boom! Yep. I mean, I do remember that. And here we are. <laughs> oh, man. Well, let's let's creep closer to that kind of news. And Yeah, let's do it. Well, so so since we last spoke, it's been confirmed to our relief in, in Canada, that D- Disney Plus will be available to us here in Canada at launch for eight ninety nine a month, guys. Beautiful, eight ninety nine or ninety bucks for the year if you pay it all at once. Which is ah, a- give me give me the monthly. I don't know how long I'm gonna live. <laughs> Either way, it's uh, it's it's a joke, man, a joke. But I mean, within within five years, that price will be doubled. So it's gonna go up quickly, and we're gonna go what. It's a good deal to start. Wait, what if what if they offered you locking in at this price for five years? Like you have to pay the five year fee. So ninety, yeah, five hundred like, bucks. Yeah, pretty much. No, I'm not parting no. with that that much cash up qu- that quickly. No, oh, but then it's gonna cost you. It's not gonna cost. I don't honestly. You said this last week, Kyle. I, I don't think it's gonna be double. I, I really don't. They're, I don't think they're gonna double it. It'll go maybe up to twelve. It, it, they'll they'll match Netflix. Oh yeah, they'll they'll definitely match Netflix, which is now thirteen ninety nine for me, I think. Yeah, and if you, and, and and that's only because I'm 
I think a new or an existing customer, I think if you're new, it might even be pricier. You think Netflix is just grinding their teeth at the fact when you see all these recent debut, uh, debuts of like no. She-Hulk and stuff like that? They they started grinding their teeth three years ago when Disney said that they were going to create their own streaming service. That That's when oh, they were sure. like, oh boy, what are we going to do? Yeah, they, they've loaded up and their their market cap. I meant to look this up before the show, what Netflix's market cap was. But at, earlier this year, it was a story that, that Netflix's market cap was... Oh, it was above Disney's, which was unbelievable to me. For now, for now, now now Disney's going to have their own <laughs> Netflix, so they're going to they're going to move move ahead again. But I had no idea that Netflix was that big. No oh, yeah. idea. Anyway, uh, I, but I you know what? I feel I still feel really bad for our friends in the UK. It's, yep, that's that's so odd. They they have to wait till f- the best they, news they have is first quarter 2020 which is a window of three months like come on that makes no sense not not, well not only does it not make sense to us but whatever it is whatever it is I, i don't know if it's disney who's just decided well we'll give it to them then or if it's networks in particular countries going no we have deals for this this and that type of content and it that expires you know, uh, in Q1 of 2020. So then you can have it. I, I, I really think it's a question of rights and who owns what. Like, let's just keep the criminal underground alive and well and make these people go get it through other means. And they will. People will get it. And But I, I feel terrible because our friends over in the UK are going to have to tread very carefully lest they be spoiled on, on Mandalorian and Clone Wars. Well, like Clone Wars, maybe they'll have it, but... Mando stuff and and any of the Marvel stuff that might be there, they're going to have to be so careful because people just aren't going to sit on it for four months at a time. You think they can, uh, they'll be able to buy it on iTunes? No, I don't think there'll be any place to get it other than by, by illegal means. Oh, well. And you know what? I, I, I don't often say go get it, but go get it. Go get it. Do it. It doesn't matter. You know these these networks and these people are. I'll really. I'll gladly. Pay, I'll gladly pay to see it, uh, and I have other people watch it who who really really want to see it and can't. Like I I, I I'm not going to be one of those people. Well, I'm paying for it. Whatever. No, I don't care. I'm paying for it because I'm allowed to pay for it, so I'm going to pay for it. And for those who want to and can't. Find it however you can. Yeah, if you are so inclined, like I'm with you. I I would. I, <laughs> I can't say I condone piracy, but I would not blame you. One Look, single I'm, second. I'm just ha- I'm just happy to say I'm just happy to say this now that I won't be breaking the law. <laughs> because if it was us, I'd be doing it. Absolutely. Yeah, like I got I only got my first taste of it and it was the last season of Rebels, man, where I was like, Are you kidding me? The last season? We're up to date on everything. Everything's live at the same time. And then that like the last season we're a week behind. What it's a ridiculous. joke. It's ridiculous. That didn't stop me. Well, you mean I, I got it for you. <laughs> let's Pretty let's much. call a spade a spade. <laughs> <laughs> uh well one of the first things I think we should mention here. Um, well, the, the, all the Star Wars content is going to be 
according to Kathleen Kennedy, available on Disney Plus within a year. And I think the what they mean by that is I think The Last Jedi is contractually licensed to Netflix for the for the remainder of this year and into next year. So I think by the by this time next year, everything will be over on Disney Plus. And it's I think she said it's it, it'll be there to stay. Like this type of content is not going to cycle in and out. It's on D- Disney Plus. It's staying there, which is amazing. Yeah, it is awesome. Uh, okay, so one of the things we got this weekend is this rebranded Star Wars timeline, which kind of which follows the nomenclature of what they're doing in the comics, which is Age of Republic, Age of Rebellion, Age of Resistance, which, of course, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably don't need an explanation. But basically, you've got your prequel period, your OT period, and your sequel era uh, period. It's getting kind of hairy to, <laughs> to look at this timeline, to say the least. Things are everywhere. I wish they had laid this out a little differently or spaced it out differently. It, it's getting to be madness, man. Well, it's because they wanted the title cards for each, kind of, you know. Yeah. yeah but did you did you did you see it in uh, horizontally or vertically? The horizontal one is the one they presented at D twenty three. Oh, it's a disaster. It's that a, one's a disaster. The only thing I like about it is that they have a notch for every year of the timeline, so you yes. can you can you can be really specific and find out exactly when when a a show airs. Yeah, like Rebels definitely had the most time covered. Of all Star Wars. Yeah, it covered, it covered a fair stretch. That's what, one, two, three, five years. I'd say, yeah, five. A five-year stretch. That's that's pretty impressive, considering it's only on for about four years. <laughs> yeah, it's getting pretty pretty crowded on this timeline, so... you know, But I still see that enormous gap between the Mando and TFA. Yeah, it's future storytelling. Got to yeah, you got to leave yeah. some spots of the Skywalker saga open for ringing us out for more money in the future. Okay, so now into the actual show news. Um, but I, I just have to say, I love this whole timeline thing. I think it's really cool the way they branded it. Like I, I would almost compare it more to like a Lord of the Rings kind of thing. No. Yeah, my oh, you first age, and second age. Yeah, like the, con- the how it's convoluted and stuff, and there's like way too much information. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> No, I just like the way they've divvied, divvied it up, you know? But yeah, I think every every big franchise now has this. There's even one for the uh, <clears throat> the Infinity Saga, where every movie slots in, because people want to know. It's that some, some movies are before others, and how exactly does this play out? What order do I need to watch it in? Here's a graphic. Yeah, yeah like Solo spans quite a few years. So, well, four years, right? Three, four years? So... The, the, and you said Rebels is a five-year span from start to finish. Uh, Clone Wars is a couple of years. So it's like there's a lot of stuff there. And uh, I'm quite uh, – I, I like it. I think it's cool. It's good to know where – I like knowing exactly where things sit. It, it's yep. I, th- I find it very, very helpful. Uh, all right. So Clone Wars news. Not much to talk about here. In fact, not much to talk about until we get to the Mando. But Clone Wars news, uh, we got an update. It's coming to Disney Plus in February 2020. It is the final season consisting of 12 episodes. I don't I don't know if we knew any of that before. No. Well, what we originally heard, it was an, only an eight-episode series. Is that true? Is that right? Well, I remember us even talking about it on the pod. Oh, only eight episodes and this and that. But 12 definitely... 
leaves a bit of a better taste in my mouth. Leaves room for maybe one or two really playful episodes, if you know what I mean. Like those ones in between that kind of just give us some uh, levity. A little sidetrack off with Hondo, for example. Yeah, something like that. There There's is a lot, of, yeah, a lot there... of possibilities, a lot of lot of loose ends to tie. Well, it's, it sounds. I mean, every nearly everything that they've shown recently, and specifically this weekend, it is centered on Ahsoka, and I think that's a big bad sign about big good bad sign about what this season will largely focus on, and I. I'm happy about that. Everybody knows how much I love Ahsoka. So I, I'm glad. But um, you know, Filoni, he specifically mentioned Siege of Mandalore. I, I don't know if anybody in an official capacity has specifically said we're doing Siege of Mandalore, but they're doing it. And those the, the images kind of confirm it. And then right from his, the horse's mouth, Siege of Mandalore, baby. I can't wait. Can't wait for that. that that's like Star Wars lore at its best. And, you know, I, I've always said, like, I don't want I don't want to waste time and energy retreading something that's already been told. So in the, the, the prologue to the Ahsoka novel already kind of shows us Ahsoka versus Maul at Siege of Mandalore. And so that story's been told. I'm OK in this point in, at, at this point to just let that be. But give me the, give me a bigger, more expanded version of that. I'm okay with that in in this scenario. Uh, yeah, so there, there's Clone Wars news. Excited for that. It's if if they follow the formula, it's going to be one episode per week. So there's there's not they're they're not following any kind of binging model for this, which yeah saves me from myself. Yeah, that's perfect. That's so good. <laughs> and I've heard that for the Mandalorian as well. But I think February is a great time for this show as well. Like just. You know, the Mandalorian will have had time to breathe, most likely. Yeah, we'll uh, probably be done with the Mandalorian by then. You know, the the wave of Skywalker will have crashed, more or less. So it's just, you know, we're, we're going to be just in time. It's going to be bright in time for more Star Wars. Like, let's just let that wash over you. Absolutely. Uh, then the, the Kenobi announcement, guys. Mm. Finally. Mm. It's, I mean, it's kind yeah. of anticlimactic because. Mm. <laughs> 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 kind of is. It just, it's, it's so odd. Eh? It's like, it, it, we've been at it for years, man. Kenobi. Ah. Will they, uh, won't they? Will they, won't ah. they? Yeah, it's happening this time. It's really. Ha- no, it didn't happen. Oh, well, next time. Let's try it again. Oh, here it is. They're reporting. Oh, it didn't happen. But <laughs> I think earlier this year, um, Star Wars Newsnet scooped that. It's done. It's happening. McGregor is signed. It's all coming together. And then, of course, we wait until D23. The week before, they got scooped again by Hollywood Reporter, Variety Deadline, all these guys who who started reporting it. And again, just to reiterate, Star Wars Newsnet had this first. Give John, uh, give John Howie the credit. It's his story, not nobody else's. Um, you know, they they got the credit for this originally. So. This whole thing, I guess, it was anticlimactic, but you know they, they still made. I think they still made the best of the announcement, and you could just you could almost see the weight lifting off McGregor's shoulders. Oh, definitely the elation there was so fun to see, man. Imagine though, like think about it. Like how long has he actually known about this and not been able to say four a years? Word. He said four so years. He's, oh, so 
imagine that four years of just holding on to that little tidbit. Finally, like, yeah, like you said, the weight lifted off your shoulders. You feel it, man. Like you see it when he's talking to Kathleen Kennedy. Yeah. I love it. He, he, he says, Kathleen, can you please ask me if I'm going to play Obi-Wan Kenobi again? Which she does. And he just replies in this breathy, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and awesome. the crowd goes nuts. Like, I, I can't imagine how many times he's been faced with that question over the, la- the last four years. And had to be coy about it and just say, well, I'd love to do it, but, you know, whatever. It's, it's got to be hundreds. From all the like people that he comes across and all the media outlets every time he gets in front of a microphone. No, it's got to be more than it's, – it's more than hundreds if he ever does a, the convention circuit, which I don't know he does. but I don't think so. Not, I mean, he does the celebrations. Maybe the big San Diego's and D23's, obviously, but I don't think you'll ever, ever see him at like – Montreal Comic Con. I don't think we'll. I don't think smaller cons are ever going to be that lucky. But I, I'm I'm happy for him that he's able to move on from from this news and that that guys. It's hard to wrap our minds around, but Kenobi is coming back. I know. Maybe because we've grappled with this already for so long and and kind of accepted it as inevitable. But Carlos, how are you feeling now that this is actually? going to be a thing scripts written production starting next year we don't know when it's seeing disney plus but now that it's real are you any more or less excited uh can that, now, now now i'm worrying now now this is where the worry comes in <laughs> like, oh dear god <laughs> like is it going to be good <laughs> you know is it going to be uh here's uh obi-wan uh looking for somebody to play shuffleboard with no like uh, and then it's not only that, then it becomes uh, the worry of uh, are people going to be mad that he has to leave the planet uh, to do something uh, because uh, and leaving Luke alone on the planet. Like, you know how people are. So so that type of stuff is, is bugs me a little. But um, as far as I, I look at them, uh, this is what I'm going to say. I was a little obviously elated that the news came out. And the first thing was, oh, I hope it doesn't suck. And then, <laughs> and then I see the Mandalorian trailer and then I'm like, oh no, I, th- I think we're good. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think we're good. <laughs> so that's the way I look at it. That's uh, I think, I think we're in good hands. Um, I'm just excited for, I just want to see it. Like, I'm just, I'm happy that I'm still alive for this. And think of it too, 20 years, we get this announcement after the first time we get to see him play Obi-Wan, you know? And like, uh, not only that, like his, his, his passion, like you could tell that he wants to do this, you know what I mean? Like, and he's very passionate about it. So he's, he's going to nail it, man. And I think the writing is going to be there. And even at this, like, I have to say, uh, just because I'm an OT kind of kid, the, like, Alec, uh, uh, Alec Guinness has always been my guy, you know? I, I think I know where you're going, and I, I was going to ask this question, but... I think Ewan's going to, after this, like, Ewan's going to be the guy. He's Obi-Wan now. Uh, yeah, I wonder if this becomes the tipping point, because I'm sort of hybrid at this point. I'm hybrid hybridized. And even James Arnold Taylor gets in there sometimes. When I think Obi-Wan, who comes True. to mind? 
and it's yep. it's sort of a, a melange in my head now. It's it's sometimes it's Guinness, sometimes it's it's James Arnold Taylor, and more often than not, I would say it's Ewan McGregor. And this could be the tipping point where, you know, he becomes the de facto Kenobi, which is crazy to say. It almost feels sacrilegious. Yeah, it's true. But think of it. I mean, he's he's been he was a major part of all three prequel movies. A major character, you know, I would say the, the second leading character in The Clone Wars. And he's going to have his own TV show. And it's, you know, a lot of that is Ewan McGregor. He's, and he's, he's going to have this long-form story now. You know, probably 10-ish hours at least. And, you know, and that in itself is, is cause for celebration. I, you know, I've, I've, you guys have heard me say that. I, I think, I think we're on the same page. I'm not sure. But I, I think Disney Plus <clears throat> suits Kenobi as a suits Kenobi better than a movie at this point. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Long form story with Kenobi because I this this will not be Revenge of the Sight, Revenge of the Sith light. Like I really don't think this is gonna have a ton of mind blowing action. It's it's set like seven to eight years after Revenge of the Sith, so maybe he's maybe they've parked it that early. A, to give themselves runway in case they want to do more stories. But also because he's still technically young enough that yeah. he probably still has you know his skill set relatively in order before it completely falls off the table. But I, I don't think this is going to be like this high-flying adventure with full of Jedi acrobatics. No, me neither. And again, like I, I personally don't believe that he's going to go off-world. I don't know how much of a big deal I'd make of it, but at the same time, I can definitely see this being an isolated story on Tatooine. I can see either. I, I'm, I, I, with like you, I'm kind of of the mind that he doesn't leave. But if they do, I mean, it's it's all in the execution. But one thing that I'm, I'm, I'm sure has to happen that if he ever leaves, it's got to be such a a tidy operation. It's, oh, it's because Luke's going on vacation. <laughs> He's like, oh, I gotta follow him. <laughs> Gonna yeah, follow like, to Frosh uh, The comedy ensues. <laughs> Following him to Europe, like <laughs> Spider-Man. Well, the, the thing is that wherever Obi-Wan goes, it's it's almost like nobody can see him. Nobody can know that he's a Jedi. Because he can't risk word getting out that there's a Jedi on Tatooine. Oh, for sure. That's half the thing, is him and being in hiding and not being able to be himself and so hiding gonna, that secret. He's going to be Ben, right? That's It's going to be Ben Kenobi. He'll be Ben Kenobi. That's right. So we're getting, we're not getting an Obi Wan series. We're getting Kenobi. What if the series is called Old Ben? Yeah. He's not, but it's it's taking place four years after Revenge of the Sith. How old? How old is he? Uh, he was late thirties, I think, in Revenge of the Sith, and this is seventy eight years later. So he's forty six, forty seven. Not uh, qu- not quite old enough to be old. No, well. You should, should have seen how I felt this morning. Ugh. Uh, <laughs> but um, no, I, no, I just think I think it's just going to be Kenobi. Just Kenobi. That works, too. Yeah, I'm cool with it. Yeah, I'm just I'm just so excited. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I, I, and, I, I, but oh, I my, my, my worst fear was, hey, we're doing a Kenobi story. Hey, it's not you and McGregor. Womp, womp. Like this way, we get what we wanted. This is the news I wanted dropped at uh, at celebration. 
And then I was like, oh, you think they're holding it off for D23? And there you go. You know. Beautiful. But, Beautiful. But it was but it was probably, you know, this is the worst part. It was probably planned to be dropped at D23 like two, three years ago. <laughs> and we're just stupid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they listened to us. Yay. No, they have a plan, jackass. <laughs> but it's all about me. What? <laughs> But the only the only thing that I say I, I don't like I, I I just there's no word on when this will hit Disney Plus. I don't like not knowing that. I'm sure yeah. we will know before long. But even if, if yeah, they look, just say 2022 or 2021, just just say yeah. the year. But then, so look, uh, Clone Wars has been in production for over a year, and we just got the release date for February 2020. Mm-hmm. So. So I don't expect them to let us know anywhere. Po- like, if they're going to release it in 2022, they're not going to let you know before 2021. I-, I just think that's the that's their business model. That's the way they not only are do they plan their releases, they plan the announcement of the releases. You know, they don't want to blow yeah, their absolutely. Yeah, I was going to say something, but like, yeah. They, uh... <laughs> They don't want to uh, bite off more than we could chew. Definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, all right. So is that all we have to say about that? Oh, yeah. The speculation. The speculation has already started about whether or not Liam Neeson will be back. Whether or not. Oh, are they going to bring in Darth Maul? I don't think they I don't think they're going to bring in Maul just for the for the fact that and let. Uh, okay. I don't think they're going to bring in Maul because there is a Maul story in this timeline uh, between three and four uh, where Maul exists and actually has a storyline and a conclusion. Yep. So I don't think they're going to go back before that uh, to, to, to tell a story where there is no conclusion to that storyline. Like they're not going to just bring him in just to say, oh, there's Darth Maul looking for it. something. I can I can imagine Maul in like if if Obi-Wan's having this dream, I can imagine Obi-Wan having a, a lot of thoughts in this series as he sits oh, in yeah. exile. And, and I can imagine a vision anxiety. of anxiety. Yeah, like during his meditations where he has anxiety of not being able to protect Luke. And then he has a vision of Maul. He has a vision of Vader. He has a vision of these all these things that, that can, you know, make him go crazy. And um, I, I could see that, but I don't want him to be a plot point. Like that, that uh, he's already a plot point in Rebels. Uh, he's already a plot point in Solo, and who knows if we're gonna get a Solo two movie? Then it would probably revolve around Crimson Dawn, and we get a, we get to see a little bit more of Maul. So why throw him in here? Uh, let's let's see other things. Yeah, I mean, I, you just triggered a thought. Like if if Obi Wan's having this these anxieties and these sort of PTSD episodes, and he has a vision, and that in that vision is that that. Now, legend story called Old Wounds, where Maul tracks Kenobi and Luke to to Tatooine. I I I will lose it. I'll be so happy to see that brought to screen. But then what? But how does that work with Rebels, though? No, no, it's a vision. It's if 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 he had a nightmare, and that ends up being the nightmare. Cool. Yeah. So canonize that that nightmare. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, That that'd be yeah. I'm 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 fully down with that. Absolutely. 
But yeah, awesome, as, as for, you know, Maul had his end in Rebels. And again, yeah. going back to what I said about let's not let's not waste time and energy and resources putting something on screen that already exists. Yeah, somebody said that. I don't know which uh, YouTuber I was watching that's like, oh, maybe we're going to get the Rebel, what we saw in Rebels on the screen. No, they're not going to double up on that. There's no way they're going to, they already told that story. They already showed it and it was awesome. Why would they do that for the big screen? For what? For a three, for a three blow parry? Nope. It's disrespectful to, to Filoni's work. Yeah. Which is already magnificently handled. It's perfect the way it is. There's no need to to retread that. And I think with this, we're going to find out just... I, I can't remember who said this, but we're going to see just how many people didn't watch Rebels. Oh, but this is... <laughs> you know what this is going to do? Because once Rebels drops onto Disney+, Plus, wa- watch how many how many people are going to watch that. They're going to go and... They're going to go back and watch it now because they didn't have Disney XD. I wonder how There's... many freakouts there'll be. That that's it. That's the duel. Yeah, oh, yeah, and it makes perfect sense. Absolutely. When you step back and think about it, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, no, but come on, come on, Kyle. You said the wrong word. Think. Come on. Ah, darn. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I, Maul could be back, but not in the not in the flesh, not in a real plot point sense. And I, th- but I think Liam Neeson's a lock. At least as a voice, if not as as some sort of force apparition. I, I think there's going to be a subplot of uh, Obi Wan learning to commune yeah. and learning learning how to be a ghost uh, force ghost. Absolutely. Uh, I, you think... know what I'd like to see? I'd like to see a live action holocron. That would be cool. Uh, you with your holocrons? Ugh. Oh, they're so awesome, man! Come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I think it would be cool if you you get a little bit of that, but you also get a little bit of how maybe he's communing with Yoda. Um, yeah, they're force skyping. You know, there's got to be a way for him to know that. I mean, when Obi Wan gets on Tatooine to deliver Luke, th- does he know that Yoda's on Dagobah? Is Dagobah is Dagobah is the something... first place that Yoda goes to? I always assumed as a kid that it's something he learned in his death, you know. But we yeah, know well, afterward it's not necessarily the fact because of Reven- Revenge of the Sith, but. Well, I think there's a, there's a Revenge of the Sith deleted scene of Yoda arriving on Dagobah, so it's not is. technically but canon. He, doesn't he? Doesn't he? Necessi- doesn't he tell Obi Wan? I don't think so. I don't think he. No, ever he says doesn't. He goes. Dagobah. No, no, he goes. I must go into exile. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. say where he's going. But yeah, I mean, Obi Wan tells Luke and Empire go to the Dagobah system. So at some point, Obi Wan knows. Yeah, as a force goes, like, the, the, but did he know before? Maybe yeah, that's, that's a good maybe question. That's another, maybe that's another subplot, you know? Like, we get the Liam Neeson thing. We get uh, the dreams uh, with uh, of of Maul. Uh, you get the, dreams the Yoda. of Anakin. Yeah, him, maybe him maybe failing Anakin. That's look, gonna be a huge thing for him to have his apprentice to become Darth Vader. Is definitely something that's gonna claw at the back of his mind, and him having to deal with that is probably gonna be at the fore of this as well. When does he realize that Darth Vader's alive? Like, when does he that's realize true. that Vader's alive? That's the like, number ooh. one moment. That that's yeah. my number one moment that has been unexplored. That's the number one thing I want to see is is Kenobi finding out that Anakin's alive. What's his reaction? How does he find out? Who tells him? Like, I hope it's not like he picked up the Sunday paper and was like, "What?" Yeah, 
Yeah, no one knows who's behind the mask. It's just Darth Vader. In, in my mind, like, it's somehow they would work it in where Ahsoka tells him. You get, we get this oof. great meeting between Kenobi and Ahsoka, and ah- Ahsoka's like, "Oh, Ahsoka by the way, only finds out Rebels." I, I, it's, I, far, it's further down the timeline. I don't know if she. Yeah, knows. exactly. Oh, no, that's it. Ahsoka only finds out during Rebels, and it like almost kills her. Yeah, and she has true. to face that's it too, season, man. Season like, two of Rebels, right? Well, there's the moment where she first encounters him when he just basically decimates an entire fleet by himself, <laughs> and then like they like triple force link, and like she like faints, mm-hmm. and then after she basically she's in the temple, and they're all kind of facing their fears, like Kanan's facing the Inquisitor, or the Jedi guard, yeah, yeah. Uh, Yoda, Ezra's talking with Yoda, and basically she's seeing Anakin behind her, and he's like, "You left me, you." left me to blah 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 and then like she sees the mask and she's but she still hasn't come to terms with it at that point yeah you're right so it's all yeah, speculation it probably, it probably can't be her but i i, I they, it's something that they need to do yeah for me it's it's uh we get to see a little bit more of uh, obi-wan's alcoholism at work <laughs> and and cool so- to see him go down that don trodden path like and somebody somebody they're at the cantina and somebody mentions I just escaped uh, a raid of Darth Vader, or and then that's when he realizes. Oh, uh, how about Maz in this? Maz being the one that left him back up onto his feet. Hmm. The saber somehow, the, the tumbling yeah. saber. Yeah, but how does it, it get was... into Maz's possession? Yeah, but that's after the whole this whole thing. Like, the saber's in Obi Wan's possession right now. Yeah, not that saber, but imagine him seeing the. The one that like Luke Saber, Maz, like yeah, but he has Obi- he, he collects it. On, on Obi Wan has it. He has it from from the whole the, that whole window of time between. It's in his hope chest. <laughs> <laughs> He's got it for that whole nineteen twenty year stretch. Yeah. Unless he loses it somehow, and he has to find it, and that's that's maybe that's a MacGuffin. Somebody steals it from him. What's it? So how does Maz get it then? Yeah, but that has nothing to do with Obi Wan. Get over it. Forget Maz. Maz only comes <laughs> into play with the saber until sometime after Empire. Uh, I just feel like and, they're, unless Obi Wan goes drinking on Takadana, loses it in a I, bet. I could see her. I don't know. I could just see her being in this somehow. Get, yeah, get sure. lifted from him. Yeah, I could. I don't see. know. There's something. I, I would. I would welcome Maz Kanata with open arms. Uh, yeah, man. I'm. I. I can't believe we live in a world now where <laughs> Obi Wan is a reality. So stoked for this. Oh yeah, big time. And it's probably gonna have more of that Western vibe. I want. You know what? I wonder if they if they really play with this character a lot to the point where you know, he in some of these Star Wars, the main run, he had to sort of he was laying so low that he would. He would be seeing like these abuses happening, people like having their water stolen from them, and he just he couldn't do anything about it for for fear of exposing himself. And so he was putting away a lot of those Jedi guardians of peace and justice type stuff. Yeah, so and that we're gonna see him struggle with on him. We're gonna see. Yeah, we're maybe gonna see maybe, that. maybe maybe they call him crazy a crazy old hermit for a reason. Maybe he's all like like Nick Nolte in their face, you know. <laughs> oh, God. Disney ruined Kenobi. Gary Gary Busey in Point Break. <laughs> yeah. 
I, I think mm-hmm. I also read a report last week that Ewan McGregor may be directing some of these episodes. I don't think I they touched that on that at D23, but that'd be pretty cool. That sounds very Jonathan Freaks. Wow. Uh, that's a deep cut for SDTNG right there. Yeah, he did. He even did one of the movies. Yep. Detouring us into Spider-Man, bringing us to Jonathan Freaks. It's like it's like we have nothing to talk about, so we can just take these detours. Anyway. It was, it was a deep cut. Thanks, Carlos. Oh, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> glory be we finally have a kenobi announcement i cannot wait cannot i wait. can't believe it but I, I do have to agree with you just want to touch back on that one more time that the fact that it just almost seems a bit anticlimactic at this point but i'm just i am super elated about it well yeah, I'm, i got I'm a, really... i got all tinfoil hat where i thought like maybe maybe lucasfilm sort of let the news slip leak out about the the confirmation of Kenobi just because they had something else to reveal at D23 and we don't, while we were like kittens playing with a ball of yarn over Kenobi this new thing would just fly under the radar now that's the big one i would love to see the pr team trying to like be like who the beep leaked this like we got to get to the bottom of this yeah i i felt kind of bad cuz you we kind of knew it was coming. I, at least I felt like this was this was it. Anyway, let's leave that alone. It's it's done. It's we, now we can just start speculating about the when and the what and all the cool stuff. Uh, one more thing that we don't have a ton of time for, but casting Andor series, nothing much here. But we did learn through Diego Luna that uh, the season is about ten hours in length. Scripts are still being written, and that shooting has already begun. Isn't did they say something about uh, the name being Fulcrum? No, but uh, Dave Donovan heard a rumor, and I don't know where he heard it from, but that the show could be called Fulcrum, which is fine by me. Yeah, it's a cool name. It's a cool name for sure. Um, he's also forty three, playing someone in their early twenties, so that's pretty awesome. Well, he's no he he was born in seventy nine, Diego Luna, so he'll be so like by the time they shoot start shooting, he'll be, be forty three. No, they haven't even finished script. Scripts are still being written, but the show has already begun shooting. They're doing both. It's like it's like uh, they've got the process down pat, down pat now. They whatever they can shoot, whatever is scripted can be shot. Go. And can we just say that uh, we all saw Captain Marvel this year? Did yeah. anybody see Samuel L. Jackson? Yeah, beautiful. De-aged. Okay. That's yeah. That's. I'm so, kind of just curious, like how. That's what I was gonna say. Like, if anything, how expensive is that? How easy is it to do now, or is it more like let's just do the makeup, or let's just let the uh, have you seen the Diego Luna fly on his own? You know, have you seen the face swap of Joe Rogan and Brendan Schaub as Doctor Evil and Mini Me? <laughs> no. If a bozo on the internet could do it, <laughs> Disney is fine. Yeah, I, th- yeah, I think was... they're fine. Whenever, as soon as they announced the show, I was like, "Well, how did they get a guy in his late thirties playing a guy who was already younger, like like a guy playing in his early twenties? How did they make that work?" But then, of course, the de aging tech and Diego Luna is already kind of baby faced. So, Clean shaven. That's how you do it. Clean shaven makes a big difference. Yeah, but I mean, are we excited for this show as well? They're kind of oh, calling I- it like a, a spy, a spy type show, which is right up my alley. We've not really seen that too much in star wars so i'm i'm of course i'm down i'm 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 all in you guys you guys are all in yeah 
definitely like uh Alan Tudikson, like big huge fan of his. He I saw him tweet something saying like Alan Tudyk confirmed like someone told it, uh tweeted like Alan Tudyk confirmed and blah 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 and then he like retweeted it saying like Cassian made me do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're having fun I, with it. These two guys seem to get yeah. along really really well. Yeah. But uh, will will I mean for some reason Diego Luna is obsessed with this, but he wants to touch Jabba. Yeah, I talked. That's what I was gonna say. I talked about that like uh, way back in the day, and you were like, "What?" But yeah, he, like there was a picture of like you know, uh, I think it's Michelangelo. That picture of God, and they're about to touch fingers there. Sistine Chapel, Jackass. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Jesus. Anyway, either way, the- there was him touching Jabba like that, and it was perfect. I wonder if it happens in this series somehow. Just, just pure fan service. Let's do it. All right, guys. Let's uh, let's jump in here to the big reveal from Friday's D twenty three Disney Plus panel. It's the Mandalorian. <laughs> Baby, this is just oh god, so yep. so good for the soul. But unrelated to the presentation at D twenty three, it was news broke on early on Friday that Ming Na Wen from Agents of Shield. Uh, the animated Mulan is joining the cast. I, I have to assume that's for season two, but I'm a big Agent May fan, so I'm I'm happy to be. I'm happy that she's part of the show. Can't wait, and she's she's a real ass kicker too. So I think she's going to fit right in, and I'm hey, I will gladly welcome her to the Star Wars family. You guys familiar with her at all? Yeah. Yeah, I know her definitely from Agents of Shield, and she was also did a stint on Two and a Half Men. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. She was a judge. She's, she's in her early fifties. Really? Yeah. Wow. Phenomenal. Phenomenal that she's able to keep that up. Um. Yeah. So I mean, again, one episode per week as the service launches, with new episodes added weekly, saving me for myself. Yeah, they're that's perfect. Two the first week is that what they said? I think just one. I, I only, I've only seen them saying just one. Either way, that's that, that's perfect, man. Like, let's not. We talked about this in the past. It makes sense, especially for us as podcasters, not to have to kill ourselves to be able to just not enjoy this. Because <laughs> that's what in it's about. Small doses, uh, <laughs> doses. You know, like that's what it's all about. Us as podcasters, service me. No, I'm not. I'm saying it benefits us in that I know regard. It but, does. But even everyone in general, like, I don't want to be spoiled, even if I'm just a fan of the show. You know what I mean? Like, I want to be able to go on Twitter sometimes and not be spoiled or whatever it is. Like, I think it just makes sense to dole it out in small portions. And I'm thankful for that. I think it makes sense for us on a lot of levels. And uh, everybody in the UK is going, you insensitive prick. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. We'll figure out a way. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll hook you guys up. Oh, boy. Do I, do I have to officially not condone piracy at this point? No. <laughs> How about that poster, guys? Oh, it's, it's great. You know what? Yeah, it's, it's we, straight fire. That's <laughs> hmm. <laughs> oh, so good. It is. I think you just kind of just, I think Carlos had something to say and you were like, straight fire. And that was <laughs> it. You put out Carlos's fire. It's over. <laughs> No, I was going to say that um, we had been talking a lot about, oh, it's going to be more of a Western style. And we got like, 
I think Solo is going to have more of a Western feel than The Mandalorian. Um, we had been talking a little bit also about um, that this may be a little bit more lighthearted um, uh, with uh, him dragging a kid around. And is the story going to be about the kid? Are we going to get some of that um, Logan feel uh, a little mm-hmm. bit? Um, but from the trailer, uh, from the official trailer that dropped, I'm getting a more of a Rogue One feel than a solo feel. To- totally opposite for me, man. Like the thing that really points towards solo for me is the music first and foremost, very different than what we've ever really had in Star Wars. Solo was much on the same page as that. Uh, just, I don't know. There were like drums and all kinds of crazy stuff going on. Like. It was uh, a lot of like weird, like, like, I don't know. I really liked it. And it just really reminded me of solo in that regard. And I really do feel like this one felt super duper Western man with all that darkness and sand blowing around and the capes whirling around. Well, you get a lot lot of, I mean, the poster itself, I mean, that screams Western. And we had, we had another shot. I think Rick posted in the Facebook group. It's, it's like a stacked shot of. Yeah. yeah, like guns on Beauty. the hip. It's that. I mean, that is quintessential Western visuals, big time iconography of a Western spaghetti Western. So I mean, yeah, they're really driving at that. But I think a lot of Star Wars is driving at that. They really want that feel, and that's that's. I think all of that is is in tribute to George Lucas, who wanted sort of that Western feel to to his trilogy to some degree. But yeah, the, the poster is gorgeous. It's obviously well, back to the back to the, the ship though man like what is it the razor crest i believe yeah yep. like to me I, I know i've said this before but i gotta say it again you know now just seeing it for the first time in such motion like it really does look, look like uh, a firefly class vessel like the serenity it's sweet man I, you're, like, you're the only per, you're you're the only person who's listening to this who's ever seen firefly like <laughs> seriously Uh-oh. it's like it's the 12th reference now we got it that's not true i hope i hope people hate it carlos for that because <laughs> no, it, it really does. Me. It's just those those twin engines, man. Like, I love it. That that class, uh, that ship is one of my favorite ever. So at this C this is on music on Twitter. You throw me the hate. CNC Music Factory. Um, anyway, anyway, it the, looks the, it just looks badass. Like the chrome, so cool. The engines. Yeah, it looks it looks fantastic. It looks fa- the Razor Crest looks really cool. I, that's going to be a Lego set one day. Yeah. Well. We'll see. Yeah, I hope so. Well, speaking of Lego sex, I just wanted to... Lego sex? Sets. Oh, oh, no. <laughs> Come on. Anyway, you know, the show, after watching this trailer, I'm like, wow, this is pretty gritty and dark and looks like there's a lot of stuff going on here, and there's especially one scene in particular that we'll probably get to at one point. But then I hear Favreau, you know, we're always saying Lucas was saying, you know, these films are for kids. Favreau said this is something the whole family can enjoy. Now we got Lego sets coming for this thing. So, but after having watched the trailer, I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I'm watching my seven-year-old at this point. I don't know if I'm letting him watch this right away. Yeah, I mean, you gotta, gotta, yeah, you gotta screen it for yourself first and decide from there. But you know, it's a little confusing at that point, with especially with the Lego sets. You know what I mean? It's like here, kiddos. <laughs> watch this. Build this Lego set from the show that I won't let you watch. Yeah, I get it from that standpoint. But anyway, 
The trailer looks looks the poster looks fat fabulous. The trailer is a hundred times better than that shaky cam footage we saw from Celebration, but uh, we're still very very slim on story details. Oh, it looks so good though. Yeah, like there's so this is a good trailer in the sense that there's so much possibility. You have no idea really what's going on. Well, th- this was just here's the vibe of the show. Yeah, here's, here's yeah. The, the look and feel. Here's what we're aiming at. But I, I think we get kind of, at least for me, based on some old reports and what we see in the trailer, I think you know, we see a lot of parents and the, with kids running scared. And when you match that with that old report about uh, from MSW about the Mando protecting a baby, I think it, I, th- I think there's a good chance that you know we're, we're seeing a show where kids are being targeted, and possibly. You know, there's bounty out for kids to help fill the ranks for for First Order that is now in its infancy. I, I like that. That's a very good thing. That's what I had mentioned earlier about these connective tissues, about the remnants of the Empire uh, being this mishmash of an army, but slowly and ruthlessly like doing crazy things. Like like you said, like uh, I I got the where I got what Carlos just said about the Rogue One vibe was when you see the mother clutching her child in the lake. I, you know what like, I got from that? Willow. Jin. Willow. Willow. Oh, cool. You know when? Yes. When yes. Uh, I... Elora's mother stashes her in that little crib and floats her down the river. Cool. I got uh, Willow. That reminds, me, that reminds me of Exodus. Yeah, of course. That's Lucas for you. So, yeah. I mean, again, drawing on a bunch of mythology here. Uh, yeah. And I think, I think that plays perfectly into the the one line of dialogue we get in the trailer from from Werner Herzog where he says uh what does he say something very complicated profession something like that say? yeah so i i think you know if if the mando's being asked to kidnap this child and maybe he finds out what it's eventually all about you know stacking the the, the ranks of of the first order this fascist regime Maybe he goes, uh, no, 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 I'm not going to do this. And so he yes, rebels. Yes, that's the way I see it. We build up to that. Prior to that, we get the encounters with, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Carl Weathers. Maybe we get, some, we get a feel for the character with him. And then he moves on from that point to... Yeah, like, I feel like the bounty he gets, we see him accepting that bounty at the beginning. He grabs that thing off the table. I feel like that that's where he gets this job. And he, he find, it's, it's to kidnap this child or something. And he finds out that, oh boy, this is where I'm supposed to deliver this child. And No, I think I think for sure we see him in action prior. We we definitely get to see him like in the midst of oh, yeah. a real capture prior to our yeah, main yeah. story. As, as they set the table, for sure, we, I think we would get to see him nab a bounty or two and see what what he can do and what he's all about <clears throat> but yeah i think eventually he he grabs this bounty kidnapping a child delivering it somewhere he finds out what that somewhere is about and goes no 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 or or even possibly what this child's abilities are yeah i think it's a force sensitive kid Ooh, it could be special i like that it's like kind of like too. the whole hopper 11 vibe i like that too I mean, right there. I mean, there's there's two directions that that are pretty compelling, right there off the start, off off the hop. 
I mean, they've, they've got it all going for them in this in this series. Uh, how about this, guys? I mean, this blows my mind. So in this trailer, we get a glimpse of Carl Weathers. We get Nick Nolte. We see Bill Burr's big bald head. Giancarlo Esposito has a human character. But he's, he's, he, I mean, yes, but he's like, he's already like an amazing actor. I'm talking about these guys who are kind of Carl Weathers. It's Action Jackson. You know, it's, he it's, looked awesome. It's he Nick looked Nolte. like the Lando of this. But like on Twitter, I was like, if I had told you, you know, 10 years ago, I, I, I threw this out on Twitter, got, I got a few replies, like fill in the blank. And we'll read it on the podcast. If 10 years ago, I would have told you that we'd get Carl Weathers, Bill Burr, Nick Nolte as a pig, and Werner Herzog in a Star Wars show, your reaction would be what? And you know, some, some of the reactions were, so who's Gary Busey going to be cast as? <laughs> That's what I thought. And a bunch of, uh, are, are you Marty McFly? Are you bleeping high? Action Jackson, what about Vanity? <laughs> That's from Stubaka. And just, a, yeah, sure, Kyle, next you'll be telling me that a that a really pretty MMA fighter who just lost to Chris Cyborg a couple weeks ago will be in it, too. You know, it's like... She, she got pummeled, man. That was ugly. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just to say, like, what world are we living in? And The best to, one ever. No kidding. Like... This show is happening with those crazy people that I just mentioned. And the show looks mind-blowingly cool. Mind-blowingly cool. Car- yeah, Carlos, what, it, what else stood out to you? I just think it's going gonna, it's gonna to be dark. I think it's going to be dark. I think it's going to be more of that Rogue One back channel. Uh, gotta go here. Gotta do this. Gotta do that. Um, you know, very plot-based actions. Underworld. Uh, yeah, I, I I really think, and we're gonna we're, we're gonna get the seeds of of things that we might have seen in the sequel trilogy. Like, there's gonna be here's where you might see Maz. Here's where you might see, uh, you know, first order stuff. Um, uh, Brendel Hux. Yeah, that kind of makes sense. Imagine seeing a young Brendel Hux slap that smirk off his face. Brendel's is 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 the father. He's the father. Arm Armitage is the douche that we know. Yeah. <laughs> uh. So yeah. So I think we we might see that type of stuff, you know, and um, like that ATST, uh, the Lego ATST with the rusted out leg and the red leg. Um, it, it's it's in the trailer and it's. It's awesome. See, see I, I, you know, what, talking about like these... Rogue One and Solo vibes. When you see the parents running scared with their kids, total yeah. Jedi, Jedi market kids, like yeah. parents running for their lives with their kids, total Rogue One. Then you see the ATST Raider thing, total Solo from Mimban. Yeah. So I, I think they're filling in a bunch of visuals that that we're already sort of familiar with. It's kind of weird that they would take two things that were in Star Wars and put them in a Star Wars show. It's crazy. <laughs> like, what are they thinking? <laughs> uh, cheap shot. That was fun. <laughs> the one thing, the one thing that, uh, the one shot that I was talking about talking about earlier in regards to the Lego set that makes me think twice about having my son watch it. It just looked like the most cool thing ever. But that scene where he 
he uses his like grappling hook that's on his arm and he shoots the guy's gun at his hand i believe at the same time as he pulls him as the hatch is closing yeah it looks and like then he you hear the whole, half. you basically hear like plorp <laughs> like you hear the sound effect along with it like like so i don't know <laughs> it's kind of like uh you know some guy following falling into a pit in the desert and then the creature burping after he's eating him. <laughs> so it's not, it's not like we haven't seen really gruesome deaths in Star Wars before. So uh, that's not a, cutting someone in half is yeah, but you're not going to see it. Yeah, you're, I don't think you'll see it. Like Maul got cut in half, and you really, if you look really, really well, you could see him separate while falling down the well. Oh, I mean, you don't, you don't even have to look closely. It's it's very obvious. Yeah, it's meant for you to know that he's cut in half. But it's almost like, yeah, but it's also like very not traumatic in well, that regard. I mean, there's no blood and guts everywhere. It's he's falling away. It's 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 three seconds. There's no there's no plorp. He's, he's, not, he's no, not screaming. There's no blood because the lightsaber cauterizes <laughs> the wound, uh, which doesn't happen in episode four. But uh, yeah. Well, here, here's a, another thing that I, that I thought. Of so that planet that looks like, you know, it's like a very desertish but you know cracked surface. Yeah, that to me looks like Ryloth. We we've only ever seen that in Clone Wars and Rebels. Hmm, that's a good point too. Plus, we saw a toy like in uh, the toy like is there. We we see we see uh, Pignolti riding one of those blurred creatures, which we which we (laughs) saw. We see those creatures on on Ryloth, so I, I'm thinking we're getting live action Ryloth, which is super cool, super cool. That that is incredible to me. I wonder if Chem Syndulla pops up in this series somewhere. I don't think he, I don't. Did he die? Do we know about his death? No, not yet. Eh? Unless it happened, in, no. unless it was alluded to in some story that I haven't read yet. Well, I mean, he that means he basically has to survive from A New Hope to the end of Jedi, really. Well, he was in Rebels, right? Cham Syndulla? Exactly. So, and he didn't die he there. Was, no. So the, basically, yeah, he's got he's to live the big war. The yeah. age of rebellion. Anyway, I'm going to keep going on about Nick Nolte as a pig. So I, that's it. I mean, that, you, they had me. They had me at that. That's, that's good enough. They could just they only with... have that. <laughs> they had you at. Yep. So Absolutely. he's an Ugnar. Is he, he's an Ugnar? He's yeah, an Ugnaught. I forget his name too. It's uh man, I'm not gonna remember anymore. But he's well, got we a, knew that such with a G. We kinda knew eyes. already that he was an Ugnaught though, right? Like, oh yeah, we, we knew that. that. It's not Angelo. That's Gary Busey. Gary Busey in point break. <laughs> uh, Angelo Pappas. <laughs> I have him on the mind tonight, man. <laughs> oh, hey, it's you. Utah. Two. Two. <laughs> you watched point break today, hey? I did. <laughs> oh, guilty. Today was a guilty pleasure day. There's that really cool sequence, again, lending to that Western vibe. It was like that shootout. IG-11 yeah. as part of the shootout. There's looks like to be a bunch of thugs kicking around off, on rooftops. And the, the Mando on that giant gun. Dude, I, it, I think he was shooting at Bill Burr on that rooftop. I'm just going to say that. I think it was Bill Burr up there. I have nothing to go on, but I think I saw a little glint off his bald head. <laughs> it's funny you to know, see Bill tweeting about it now. 
What? He tweeted about it? Yeah. Nice. I don't follow him on Twitter, but... Uh, I like the fact that... He'll probably you know, talk about it. He'll talk about it definitely on the podcast. Uh, I this. hope so. When when, you th- when I heard that IG-11 was going to be in this film or this uh, TV series, you know, like I thought right away, okay, he's going to be an enemy of the Mando. But it looks like they're teamed up together, and that was just awesome, man. See, that that that, that part too, where you see the, uh, the IG droid turning around and shooting, reminded me of K2SO. Yeah, on, Jet- on Jetta. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that and almost like a Terminator, almost. You know, I don't. I think he's going to be a fan favorite, especially being voiced by by Taika Waititi. So he's probably going to be hilarious and off kilter humor, like kind of like K two S O. Yeah, exactly. He's probably going to be freed. I have a, I have a feeling he's not going to make it very long. I have a feeling that character is not going to live too long. Yeah, let's hope because stupidest des- design droid ever. <laughs> It's, it, is, it is bizarre. It made sense when you saw him in kill mode there, kind of like Spider-Man. Just, you know, he activate kill mode, like the way he was just like being able to like swivel on his hip and put his arms behind him like that. Like with all those eyeballs, he's just like, like so cool. It's, it's, it's very Star Wars-ish. <clears throat> uh, what else? What else? Oh, yeah. The... Uh... I think it's on board the Razor Crest, but you see like this rack, this lineup of frozen, like carbon frozen bounties. Yes. And there's a rumor that that the Mandalorian has like a carbon freeze chamber on his ship on the Razor Crest. That could be pretty cool. See that that, that, that could give you, I can see that happening in the first episode, totally giving you mixed vibes about the character, where like someone's like begging and pleading with him, and he just like drops them in the pit and get in there. Them. Yeah, I'm not even saying anything. Just like the super creepy guy, like a Mando, just like looking at you with that mask. Well, just, like, just the idea of please. having like four, four, four or five bounties just lined up in your in your ship, like you're, it's like you're hauling around poultry or, or you know, cows and cattle in, in your in your wagon. What it is to him, it's just cash. It's basically yeah. what I need to need some, you know, petty change. I'm gonna cash one of these guys in. Pretty much. And then, Carlos, we got a good look at your boy, Giancarlo Esposito, flanked oh, yeah. by death troopers and regular stormtroopers. Yeah. To me, I think he's in, he was an old trooper in the in the Empire. Well, he, uh, he spoke about him. He was a, he was a moff. Really? Yeah. Uh, wow. Moff That's Gideon. as high as you get, man. That's higher than Thrawn. I, I don't yeah, think he was Thrawn's a grand cool. moff. I think he was just a moff, which is pretty high up anyway. But yeah, uh, Moff Gideon is the character's name. Nice. I was so happy to see his face because I think we had talked about this. Like, is he going to be a motion cap character? Is mm-hmm. you know? And I was like, you know, you don't hire this guy to only act with his voice. Like, he's he's a fantastic actor, um, and you, you need to you need to see his face on camera. And I was just really really happy to see that. I was like. I saw him for the first time on screen last night. My wife and I, we, we binge watched The Boys on our week oh. off. Okay. And he's in that yep. briefly. Nice. And I do, I do recommend The Boys. It is, uh, it, it is, it is something else. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. But yeah, if you have an Amazon Prime membership, check out The Boys. It is, it's crazy. 
my friend Jordan is in that. He's, uh, What's that now? My friend Jordana is in that series. Your friend Jordana? I'm in that series. Which, who, who'd your friend play? Uh, I don't know. I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it, but she was in. Uh, she was talking about how she uh, she was proud of it, and uh, she was in that series. Hmm. Yeah, because it, it, I think it was shot in Toronto. Uh, Toronto. Toronto or Vancouver, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Because yeah, you see some uh, CN rail cars. Nice. Uh, yeah. So yeah, John Carlos Esposito. He he talked a little bit about his character at D23, just saying that you know he's he's this guy who now he's full of knowledge. He's super smart. Um. And he's kind of like walking this line of, of can he use his knowledge and his power for good or is he going to use it for bad? I think we're going to see a lot of that in this show. Like, I, I just think he's leading. I always thought that we're going to meet a bunch of Imperial remnants, just these little militias trying to establish, reestablish order on whatever planet they're on. But uh, that, that's kind of the way I, I saw him. And, he, you know, he would see it as, well, we're the Empire. We... We are a force for good. We keep order. And I just, I feel like he's just going to be a guy that goes to any length to, to achieve that order and, but sees it as, as a good thing. But we'll see, man. Nothing about this to me looks like a red flag. Nothing looks out of sort. Everything just. Wow. Chives. Wow. Yeah. It was really good, man. Like really kind of worth the wait. And it really looks, you know what I have to say, for some odd reason, I can't necessarily put my finger, uh, my finger on it. It's not only like the fact that they have Disney written on it. When I look at it, it screams Disney at me for some reason because of the way they've uh, angled or marketed the, the picture. Like you'd have more to, of an idea than me, Kyle, like being in marketing and graphic design. But there's something about the way it is that uh, – the way things are placed, I just—I don't know. It's—it just says Disney where it does, and it's just like I really feel that association now between Star Wars and Disney, whereas before it was a little more separated. But this—they're really trying to lock it in, you know. Well, I, Iger has talked about how Disney Plus is sort of the future of Disney, and we between this, between Mandalorian, Andor, Kenobi. And then jumping over to the MCU, where they announced three more shows at D23. Like, come on. D23 is going to have us hooked for forever. Like, I really believe that. I really... I. It's going to be interesting to see how Disney Plus changes how, how consumers perceive this content. Like, I think we're all going to become junkies to this, to these longer form stories. Absolute junkies. We're going to need a weekly fix all the time now. Of these of like high production value, can't miss type of shows. And I think at some point, you know, I don't know if it'll take a year or five or ten. It's going to have some sort of effect on on how uh, the, like the big screen is treated. I really believe that. I think this streaming service is going to change absolutely everything. In that regard, I don't know if you caught any news of this today, but it, I saw the Liddy in the uh, Tramp trailer. Did you see that? I gave you the Spider-Man detour. No, but uh, what, I it, gave you here. the Jonathan Listen. Frakes detour. Listen, if you think I'm letting coming you out take on, us to Lady and the Tramp, it's coming out on November 12th, the same day as the Mandalorian. Oh my God, 
So what I'm wondering here is, is it a film or are they putting this film out on the streaming services, which alludes to what you were saying in the sense that will they be even putting films out on TV uh, in the cinema anymore? Yeah, they will for sure. I mean, Iger also said that, you know, the, the cinematic experience is still something they, they, they like because obviously this, it allows them to gross a billion dollars in a couple months. And that in itself just generates word of mouth and, and buzz and credibility for the brand. So like, we'll never learn about the gross of the Kenobi series. Like we'll never know that this, this show led to a bump in, you know, a, a 50,000 extra subscribers. We'll never know that. And you know what? For a Star Wars fandom, we're better off. Mm-hmm. Don't give the numbers to Mm-mm. these people. They can be like, Mm-mm. Kenobi is a bomb. Absolutely the not. The fans didn't like it. Well, you know what's funny is like, specifically with this Mandalorian show, it looks dark and gritty and we're all in. Like, I, I'm in the bag for anything they want to give me. Just tell me a story. But I, I think this show is, it's almost like it's tailor-made for all the people that revolted against The Last Jedi and people who can't stand resistance. Just, just like, not just the show, but like the idea of the show and, and Galaxy of Adventures and Forces of Destiny. Like, here, this is the thing, if you had kept your mouth shut and just waited, this is for you, <laughs> you know? Like, I, just, I see, just see constant whining on social media about why is Lucasfilm doing this? Nobody asked for this. Well, I, show- even heard, I even heard major backlash from The Mandalorian in regards to, um, oh, can't remember her name, the female character's name who's in Deadpool. Gina Carano. Yeah. Like people being like, okay, we get it. Strong, powerful women. Like she's going to like maybe kick the Mando's ass and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh my God. Now there's, there's some dudes that just, they can't, they can't take it. They just can't handle it. And they're not welcome here. I don't want them on the show or on the podcast. I don't want them listening. Go away. If that's you just, just beat it. Anyway, the Mando, I'm I'm over the moon over all this news from this weekend, guys. Like I cannot believe it. And there's still more to come. We still haven't seen the TLJ thing. Let's let's take a moment, guys. Let's just spare a thought for the franchise that Star Wars is struggling. Disney has killed this killed the franchise. Clearly. Disney has killed this thing, strangled it dead. Let's just take a moment and and say goodbye to Star Wars. Rest in Rest in peace, Ryan Johnson's trilogy. <laughs> yeah. Confirmed. That, that is still, we're still seeing that, right? The guy talked about how he's still working on it not, not two weeks ago. And people are still going how it's, it's, it's been canceled. What are you doing? Shut up. Shut up. Oh, okay, like, my God. I'm just happy. Like, we talked about this, Kyle, not too long ago where I was telling you what they did at San Diego Comic-Con with Marvel and showed us this whole spreadsheet of things. I really like how they've broken things down now to, as to what we're getting and what there's act, the actual content that's out there aside from literature. Like it's really cool that we got to see the same kind of photo as we did with Marvel in a way to me, like uh, just to see that timeline on screen with what's coming confirmed. 
Couldn't yeah. believe it, man. It's I mean, we are so 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 spoiled. Blessed. Blessed and spoiled. It's it's unbelievable. Anyway, uh, anything else, guys? Because I'm I'm gonna throw you two out of here, and we're gonna talk uh, with with Michelle and Marie about some Rise of Skywalker footage. So if, if we have anything <sighs> else we want to throw out there about uh, the Mando Disney Plus, any of the stuff we spoke about. No, I'm just really excited. I'm happy. Uh, I feel like this is the part of celebration that I was missing. Uh, I'm happy to have got it now. And now bring on the Rise of Skywalker. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. All right, guys. Um, It's been a blast. We'll do this again next week for sure. There's bound to be some fallout. But uh, we're looking at uh, a listener question supported episode. So if you guys have questions about whatever has happened here at D23, Send them our way. Next week, we want to get you guys involved. All listener questions. We've got a few already, but if you we have place for a couple more, send them in. We'll play them on the show. We also have the uh, Night of the Commonwealth question of the month. We that we're do. we're going to tackle next week. Yes, sir. Absolutely. And Carlos, I, I think, you know, we'll, we'll let you to kind of preface that sort of in a, in a quasi-live way. Sure. All right, we'll do that. So, oh, Carlos, well, then uh, let us know. Where, where can we find you on social media until next week? You can find me at C Candido Music on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me on my Facebook page at Carlos Candido Music. And you can go to patreon.com slash Carlos Creates. And, uh, yeah, support me there. Do that. Everybody go do that right now. Go. Go. Corey. Well, guys, I, I really honestly just want to say that the, the trip has honestly just begun. Like, we've been speaking about this for so long. Now we've seen this timeline. Like, it's it's going to be nonstop, honestly, from from here on out, I believe. So well, I'm really happy about that. I'm really excited about that. That's not that much of an exaggeration. If you look, we get Resistance back in just over a month from now. And then we get Rise of Skywalker after that. Actually, exactly. no, 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 we get Mandalorian after that, then Rise of Skywalker. So we're going to get three huge doses of Star Wars before 2019 ends. And then we're going to get Clone Wars in early 2020. Cassian Andor will probably come in the second half of 2020. Maybe we'll get Kenobi in 2021. And then 2022, we'll see uh, the, the Game of Thrones guys and their their first movie. So there's going to be plenty to talk about. And that's just the stuff we know. That's it, man. It's it's so cool, man. Like, I don't know. We just got so much coming now, and it's awesome, man. So definitely, anyway, either way, find me at Chop Rules with a Z and hit us up in our closed and safe haven of a Facebook group where you're going to find a whole bunch of cool people. So definitely check us out there. Awesome. Well, guys, thanks for checking in with us this week. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dump these two guys out with the Mando and the... Uh, the carbon freeze chamber. So good luck with that guys. And uh, we'll definitely pick it up again next week. But for now, we're going to welcome in Michelle and Marie to talk about the rise of Skywalker. Michelle and Marie, welcome. How's it going, everybody? Good. Hello. <laughs> Sorry, I'm eating. <laughs> I'm muting myself. Oh, no. Well, that's, that's counterproductive. We're hot now. Yeah. Okay. No, it's okay. Like when I'm chewing, I'm, I'm muting myself. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna be very careful about when I take bites. Sorry guys. I'm I'm gonna be in a flight and I have to leave for a flight in like an hour and a half. So I'm trying to like multitask here. 
Well, <laughs> I do appreciate that you're able to jump. Ridiculous. <laughs> I'm super happy that you were able to sneak in between trips to England and Atlanta that we, you can actually get in here and talk about Rise of Skywalker. And, and... I'm in town for 24 hours, and I am podcasting for you guys. We love Yay! your show. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? This, this weekend has been crazy. The past... The D23 was just absolutely nuts. Mandalorian, Cassian Andor, Kenobi, The Clone Wars. My brain is leaking out of my ears. I'm, I'm sure you guys are um, feeling I, the exact same way. Did I not say on this podcast that Kenobi would be a Disney Plus thing? Hello. I feel so vindicated. Uh, I was like, I know I said, I said like Netflix, like a Disney Plus movie, like a Netflix original movie like that's what I thought it would be I didn't I don't know if I ever said series but I did say I thought it was gonna go straight to their Disney plus yeah that's a while ago too I was right I said this a really long time I said this when that when it got pulled like this was like a really long time ago like when they first said they were gonna pull Kenobi a solo story or no Kenobi a Star Wars story and I was like oh I think they're going to make it, but I think they're going to make it a Disney Plus original. And I was right. Yeah, and this was like much. way back when. I'm so stoked for that. Nice. Yeah. Like, you had to dig. I saw some people going, eh, we got, I got my Kenobi story between the prequels and the OT and Clone Wars. I'm good. But that's a needle in a haystack type stuff. Like, by and large, 99.8% of, of, of Star Wars fans are. Just tears running down their cheeks. So happy with this. Plus, movie. you win. You win. Yeah, exactly. I'm so excited about you and McGregor coming back. Yeah, it was. It, it's him. God, I like almost. I teared up. I literally teared up. I was like emotional, very emotional. I didn't get to properly take in the announcement. I was I was visiting my parents at a campground, so I was just sort of following along. D23 on my on my phone. As I'm chasing my kids around this campsite, like so I, I didn't really get to bask in the glory of the announcement live when it happened, but I, you know, I, I was able to keep keep up well enough. But man, what a weekend! Uh, so I, let's 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 just jump right right, right into episode nine, the rise of Skywalker. Uh, Saturday, they they gave us the poster, and they gave the people in the room a look at the movie, but then they told us we had to wait. <laughs> the rest of us get to sit at home until Monday. That was deflating, but it, it gave us something else to look forward to. But let's let's kick it off here with this with the poster because at least they tease us with that. Marie, what did you think of the poster? Oh my gosh, I I've heard people have negative reactions to it, but I just it gives me so many chills because the Emperor Palpatine, good old Uncle Palpy, is just emblazoned across the top of it, and that is oh, I'm so excited. Yeah, Michelle, how did you feel about this poster? I really liked it. I thought it was so cool. It was very evocative of, um, like, the original trilogy. And I don't know. I thought it was really cool. And it was it was just, like, a very um, cinematic moment. 
Mm-hmm. And it kind of like had this very grand feel to it, which I really appreciate. Um, and I really liked it, especially because like, you know, we were having some some issues with the last poster. Um, yeah, the posters oh, yeah. in the prequel or the sequel era haven't been great for me. At least the theatrical posters, they've just been like a lot of Photoshop montages, which have been kind of boring. Kind of like MCU style montages, which Yeah. I could take them But this them. one seemed like a cinematic moment where it just feels like it's like a climax where it's just, you know, it feels fitting because they've been saying, like, this is the end. <laughs> so it feels like, you know, very grand in that way. And I thought that it was very appropriate. Yeah, for... it's super dramatic. Yeah. It's a very dramatic. Yeah, it's very dramatic. Also. And it, it kind of made me feel the way I felt when we heard his voice in, like, oh. the, you know, the first time when it was yes. like, and you're like, ah! Yeah. And you were freaking exactly. out. That's how I felt when I saw the poster. Like, I felt it was, like, that feeling visually represented in a poster. So I thought it was pretty appropriate. Yeah, that's pretty well said. Because, like, you think of, and we'll get to the teaser, but the way the teaser kind of kicks off, like, it's it's really the weight of, of 40 years of stories piling on top of this movie. Mm-hmm. Yet, you look at this teaser poster and it's Ray and Kylo. Yeah. That's you know? <laughs> it, But it, it all comes down to these two. And I, I yeah. love, I love yeah. what they're conveying by that. Yeah, and it has this, like, with with what Kylo represents and his history and what Rey represents and her future and then, like, tying that with Palpatine. It just, it kind of really does give that, like, hefty moment of, like, the past and the present and the future. And, um, you know, it was just, it's just really cool. I really love it. Yeah, and how it's so minimalistic, it's just... Mm-hmm. like three different people it's not a whole bunch of stuff it's just a little bit so it it's even more impactful because there's only a little bit going on but it's really intense it says bit. so much with so little right like yeah did you, did you see the first i can't remember i saw it on twitter but you know, if you think back to the the last jedi poster somebody had sort of conjured up this idea that looking at the shapes and the colors and the composition of it they kind of pull together like Darth Vader's face. And I was like, okay, well, that's a bit of a reach. But this time somebody kind of just contoured like the, the blue haze and the red haze and how kind of it, it flares out to the sides and peaks again in the middle. And somebody kind of outlined it and, and it almost, you can almost see, and you're not going to be able to unsee it now. It, it looks like the Rebel Starbird logo. Interesting. So take a look next time you see it. You see it like it rounds out at the bottom, up into the wings, and then it peaks again in the center as as the, the Phoenix logo. I don't know if that's intentional, but I can't unsee it. And I love it. That's I, cool. There is there is sort of I can't I don't know if I call it criticism, but there is like the, the view, and I, I I do I am I do agree with it because it was sort of one of my first thoughts looking at it is that it kind of looks cartoony. And gl- like glossy in the way that it's it's clearly not like photography. Like this is some sort of rendering. And yeah, it gives it almost it's like a mobile a composite shot. Yeah, and just it, yeah, it, it, it gives a feel for like a, a like a video game, which which I'm on board. I, I agree with, but it doesn't it doesn't really detract from my enjoyment of the poster. I I happily 
bring this and put it on my wall happily. Yeah, yeah there's, there's a whole room full of people who are there at D23 who get the chance to do just that. I bet you a bunch of these are already on eBay. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually going to check. See if... I, um, <laughs> I see the starboard in the poster now. I you see it now, right? See it. Yep, I see it. I, I didn't notice it at all until somebody, I saw that on, on uh, Twitter, and it's now burned into my head. Mm-hmm. Now, these this don't seem to be too expensive. But, uh, D23, 27 by 19 poster, 62 bucks. Yeah, it doesn't seem like doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of uh, shenanigans going on on eBay, which I like. I don't like fans screwing over, over other fans. Yeah. Now, the, one of the things that was sort of brought up as well is that the image of Palpatine is actually the Hot Toys figure of, of Palpatine, which okay, fine. But I think that is fueling some rumors that Ian McDermott isn't actually in the movie. Like, there's no photography of the Emperor in this movie, so they took the next best thing and used a Hot Toys figure. I don't know if that's true. Didn't he confirm at Celebration that he was in the movie? Or, like, JJ did? Somebody it, confirmed it, that he was in the movie. I thought so. I thought I heard that, but... I don't know. I don't know if, it, if that just if that's a technicality, like his just his voice, and that's enough, or a flashback of him. I I, I don't know, but that 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 sentiment is out there a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, I I give a thumbs up to this poster. It, I've been very critical of of the posters in this era of Star Wars, and but this one this one is 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 pretty high up the list for me. So thumbs up. Oh, I love it. And then this morning, uh, I didn't know, I, I wasn't quite sure when the teaser would drop. Yeah. <laughs> so I was driving to work, and I saw my phone flashing, and I at a stoplight, I checked my phone, and I was like, oh no, I saw a message from Carlos, and he's like, the, the trailer, the, the, the bleeping trailer, and I was like, oh no, it's, it's out there, it's out there, and I to get to work. <laughs> I have to get the work so I can watch Star Wars. <laughs> so, so yeah, I, I I logged in as quickly as I could, but man, oh man, where were you, Michelle, when this trailer dropped? On an airplane. So you're completely out of touch. Yeah, like I had my wi I had Wi-Fi on the plane, but I was flying over an ocean at the time, so I had to wait like four hours. Uh, <laughs> so I was like freaking out because I was like, "Why isn't my Wi-Fi loading?" Because <laughs> we're flying over water, and so I had to like wait until we were flying over Canada to like freakishly, like crazily refresh my phone and watch it. And I was like, "Did you wait until you flew over downtown Canada?" <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> uh, thanks. Uh, I was kind of asleep a little bit for a part of it. So, um, yeah, when I was flying over the ocean, I, I decided I had to sleep because I wouldn't be able to handle, like, staying awake and not being able to check my internet. So I was like, I'm just going to sleep through it. 
And how about you, Marie? Where where were you? Um, when I finally my phone told me like before I left for work that there was something Star Wars related, but I was like, oh, it's just something. It's not like there's no way it released at six thirty in the morning. So. I waited and then my friend messaged me on Facebook and I was like, wait a second, it already came out. That message was meaning that it already came out. So then I watched it at work. Um, But yeah, I I should have paid attention to my phone. (laughs) But that cost you. It did. Just those, those couple hours. I, I missed it out. But, um, but yeah, then when I finally got it, I was at um, High Cycle, which is an exhibit at the museum I work at. And luckily, like, no one visits our museum in August. So I watched it on my phone at High Cycle. Do what you got to do. Yeah, it was it was it was really cool, but it was on my phone and it was very tiny and I couldn't figure out how to, like, make it bigger. And it, it was a it was a struggle. But I watched it. And then I watched it again. Like, I think I've seen it like four or five times now. Yeah. At this point, I'm up to a couple dozen at this point. I, I, yeah. There was, a, there was a stretch late in the afternoon where I just, I just kept playing it over and over. Yeah. Well, let's, let's get into it then. We'll, I guess we'll... I have a rundown of the shots. Um, this, this might be sacrilege, but I think we can skip the first half where it's just the montage of... It's a great montage of shots from previous films leading up to Rise of Skywalker. We've seen these millions of times. Do we need to go there? I do just want to say that I was very, very happy that they did both trilogies and or all three trilogies, really, in that montage. And that I think the shots they chose like they even showed Anakin and Padme's wedding and that made me so happy so they showed some great shots from both all three trilogies I liked that a lot yeah I'm, I'm glad they did um for one second there was so many OT shots in a row and I, and I, and I can see the progress bar moving on the, on the video file I'm like don't tell me this is only going to be OT. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I know JJ's an OT guy, but I don't know if he's actually the guy who's doing this teaser. And I'm like, come on, like, you got to mix in some prequels, but I guess they did it more or less in, in the release order. They and, did. And they mixed up just some shots here and there, but... Yeah, yeah it was part. a little weird, like, that they did the OT before the prequel mm-hmm. trilogy. Um, but I thought it was cool how as soon as Luke says a thousand generations live in you now, it shows Maul and then Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon. And so it's like it goes back in time. So I thought that was that was appropriate. How it was like a thousand generations live in you now. Now we're going to go back in time. Well, yeah, because you know, Star Wars being fans, being Star Wars fans, this teaser just got completely picked apart today down to the nth degree and that's one of those things like that we do like we'll match up what's being said and what is being shown and look for some sort of meaning to that yeah so when when luke's voiceover happened and maul was on screen i'm like okay well there's an instance of 
there's two things that don't connect. Luke and Maul never met. There's no, there's no real connection there. So that's, that's, that was sort of one of, one of the things I was like, maybe sometimes we do go a little bit too deep into these things. But that's, I, that's part of the fun. Yeah. So I guess starting with the Rise of Skywalker type shots, we get to see the heroes overlooking this market or village, which I think is on the planet Asana. And, and what's funny to me about this shot is Poe's expression. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> to me, to me, other people read it differently. Carlos sees it as relief. I saw it as exasperated. Like, I looked at his face and he goes, <laughs> like, they come, they come around, I guess they come around that little mountain pass and they just see this huge market or village and there's a celebration happening. And I see Post face and it's sort of like a, oh man, how are we going to find the who or the what that we're looking for down there? That's how, kind of how I view this expression. But do, do you have, do you, do you have a different reaction to? <laughs> if you could face palm, I think you'd be face palming. I didn't really. I, I don't know. I didn't notice his expression. Um, I was too distracted, I guess, by the celebration that was going on in the village, and they were like shooting up these like dust clouds that exploded. Am I like that's what it looked like? Like these yellow clouds of dust. Yeah, they look like smoke like, bombs. People were likening it to the like the, the celebration in Ragnarok when they're celebrating. They're kind of like celebrating the Hulk, and they're they're throwing chalk all over the place, like that colored chalk. People yeah, it was of, like colored chalk. That's what it looked like. Yeah. So yeah, uh, that's that's our first shot, and then. Leia, she's right there. We're still getting Leia. It's the same. I think it's in the same setting that we saw her with in these the celebration footage. And I, I wonder if that's because they're hiding the rest, or they're, they're keeping, they're holding back the rest of Leia, or if that's all they've got and that's all we're gonna get of Leia. I think they're just trying to show us as minimal as possible. Like they want to show us how good the images are. And that, like, we don't need to be worried about it. Like, but I think they don't want to show us, like, what they have because they're trying, they're like, this is the biggest mystery they have going for them is, like, how much Leia is going to be in this and how this footage is going to relate. And, like, Daisy Ridley also said in, like, an interview that she was amazed at how the footage that they shot so long ago, like, applies and is appropriate to the story that they're telling in this movie and how like they they were like the cast have used words like it feels like fate or it was meant to be like but they were saying that you know how appropriate the scenes that they shot like for a totally different movie are for this movie it is really crazy so i think they're like and, and there's hyping that up so much and talking about like how much it, it applies and stuff that I feel like there has to be because she said scenes so there have to be multiple scenes like it's not just that one and um so I, I know there's has to be at least two <laughs> <laughs> but um but I think they have more it's just they're just trying to 
prove it to us that we like don't have to be too worried like oh what is the cgi stuff like you know is it gonna even look real or like is this even gonna look like it works because you're compositing in like old footage and like is it going to look seamless or is it gonna look like cgi like i think they just want us to be they want to show us like the quality is there yes and it's that all we- reassuring Definitely. Yeah, and it is reassuring. Like, a little bit better about like Leia for sure, like and how she's gonna look in the movie with that scene. Like it, she looks really great, and she looks like she's in the scene properly. So, um, it doesn't look like she's out of place. So I think like you know, if there's multiple scenes and you know the cast are really truthful in what they're saying and how it applies. It is so appropriate to this film as well. Like, I don't, I think it, it should be something that's going to be really moving and hopefully, like, the appropriate send off that, you know, she deserves. Absolutely. So, yeah. Uh, next up is a, some, some sort of rebel fleet or resistance fleet emerging into atmosphere. And they, they're giving us this, this who's, who's who of all the. Like, all the memorable OT ships with the blockade runner, X-Wings, A-Wings, Y-Wings, my prayers being answered with B-Wings. And huh. I don't know what planet they're in atmosphere on. Maybe the Santa could be something else. But the fighter, I noticed the fighters are kind of in, moving into battle mode. You can see like the S-Foils and the X-Wings sort of clicking into place. Same with the B-Wings. So there's, there's something's about to go down. This, this is one of my favorite shots of the entire trailer. Yes, it reminds me of the battle over Scarif. I love it. Yep, for sure. And it also gives me vibes of, of I think, the first TFA teaser, where we see the X-Wings kind of flying low over mm-hmm. Takodana, the lake. Yes. Yeah. Totally get that vibe as well. I, I love the shot. I, I totally love it. I, I I need more of that. <laughs> I really do. But again, it's, it's J, you see JJ kind of letting his OT colors show. Those are all OT ships. Uh, yeah. then, and then more, okay, how about this? More OT stuff. Hundreds and hundreds of Imperial Star Destroyers. Crazy. That's crazy how they're all like lined up this. next to each other and they're like forming I, I mean it's like a very tight formation of just tons of them yeah they're, they're so tightly arranged and lined up so neatly that I'm, I'm wondering if this is if it's a if it's sort of a fleet in motion like they're on their way somewhere or if our heroes stumble upon this and it's just this is sort of like the galactic parking lot and yeah. all sort of dormant in space the galactic parking lot. I love that. <laughs> We've heard whispers of like this. This. I mean, even in aftermath, right? I think aftermath has allusions to it uh, of a an imperial fleet kind of lost or hidden in the unknown regions. Yeah. Is this finally that fleet? Mm. I mean, it, it, it is. It, it's quite the choice to go back to imperial star destroyer design. As opposed to carrying through with first order. That's yeah, I, I definitely thought that it was probably like something that was just like hidden, that like they kept, like that they didn't 
you know, realized was there. Like, cause it just seems so like they seem so uniform yeah, and well arranged to not just be like, like they, like something that was hidden and lying in wait or like something that they just, that like were there. Cause it just, they see, it just seems like too much. Like, I don't know. It's too. Uh, yeah. It just seems weird. Not weird, but like, I don't know. I don't know how to describe the word. And we'll just read into what we'll read into what you think you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe get yeah, a quick shot. Of... That. Sorry, go ahead. I said, do that. <laughs> uh, we get a quick shot of Finn and Janet in the Falcon. And if it, to me, the lighting in the cockpit and outside of it sort of suggests they're in the same place as those Star Destroyers. I don't know if that's the case or not. But it's, it looks sort of stormy and bluish outside. It's, it's clearly dark in the cockpit of the Falcon. Yeah. Is it, are we even sure that's the Falcon's cockpit? Huh. I'm not 100% convinced. I'm, I'm looking at a screen grab here. And you can see an ex, You can see a gloved arm in the background. And that doesn't look like the Falcon's cockpit layout. Well, you can see the helmet. Of the like the gloved hand, like the helmet that they're wearing, have the same kind of like orange jumpsuit and helmet combo, but it looks like it could be Poe. It could be Poe. I wonder if they're flying. I wonder if this is maybe the blockade, the blockade runner. Oh, could be because I definitely see like, uh a pilot wearing orange and has the the helmet on mm-hmm. like you can see him right behind Janice's hair. Yeah, absolutely. I, I noticed the arm for sure. And I, yeah, now that you mentioned the helmet. The helmet is poking too. out behind her hair. Yeah, I, I don't think this I don't know if this is the Falcon cockpit. I, I think a lot of people were saying that. It could be. I don't think it is. It doesn't really it looks a little different. Because you can see something outside the window right there. Like, and it looks like one of the Imperial ships, but I don't know. Into it too much. (laughs) As we tend to do. But you can see something out of the window, so. How about, Maria, I gotta come to you on this one. Red Eyed 3PO. Oh my gosh! I love it so much! 3PO is one of my absolute favorite characters because I relate to him so well because he is a worrywart that people always make fun of and he just, I connect with him. And so seeing him get all red-eyed and look like he's about to go kick some butt, like, I love it. Did you, as, as someone who reads every comic, did you go to triple zero right away? Yeah, I definitely thought about that for sure. Um, that Triple Zero is definitely the evil version of C-3PO. So I thought about that for sure. But that would be really interesting just to see 3PO kind of take... Because people... There's that meme that the Star Wars trilogies are just stories about people dogging on 3PO, which is pretty valid. I mean, that's that's what 
uh, happens funny. a lot. So um, to see him kind of take it back, I think is is really cool. Yeah, he he may not be putting up with people's crap anymore. I love it. Snap. <laughs> just just loses it. I don't know if like someone. Well, that I mean, this goes to the the other thing that we'll talk about in a second. But I don't know if it's someone controlling him or or like changing yeah. his program momentarily, or if he does it on his own. It's probably someone is controlling a lot of things that are happening, and so. Yeah, I feel like it might be connected to something that we'll see at the end of this trailer. Exactly. <laughs> interesting, interesting. But the way his arms are kind of like hanging, it seems like he's sitting down. And to me, like, yeah, in my, in my mind, he's being fiddled with. And he's either having something uploaded or downloaded, or his programming's being altered, his protocol is being altered. And, uh, yeah, he's just entered some different type of mode or function. Poor old 3PO. But Anthony Daniels has, has said more than once now that 3PO is front and center in this movie. He's in it a lot. Which I'm, I'm happy about because I have long been complaining about uh, R2 and 3PO's lack of involvement. So I, I'm happy to hear 3PO's going to be involved in a big way. Now I just need to know about R2. Where, where's, where's our little rolling trash can? Yeah. Very yeah. good. He's so not in any of this these teasers anywhere. Even BB-8 was, was missing from this. That's true. Uh, let me see this. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say it's possible that R2 ends up having like a gigantic role and that's why he wasn't in anything. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> There's so many characters that we want to have big roles for. I just hope JJ can find a way to make it all work. Yeah. Uh, Let me see this big giant red laser tearing apart a landscape, and I don't know what planet this is. Although maybe we get a clue in a couple minutes here. But yeah, an another big, big bad laser ripping up a planet. Uh, that's, that's classic Star Wars. <laughs> Give the people what they want. <laughs> But a cool shot with uh, with Ray tossing her lightsaber through the air and uh, taking it, or at least aiming for, if you go closely, to the training remote. As as a, as the saber kind of flies through the trees, hacks them down, you see the little a classic little Star Wars training remote in her path. Yeah. So for all the people who are really upset, you know about about her lack of training and how can she do this? There you go. She's going to be probably doing a little bit of tune-up here. A little bit of training here for you, just so that you can say they did it, just for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, I like just how the so you can back slow your rolls. And, uh, and, uh, that's a really cool shot. And then, of course, you can't have Ray without Kylo. He's next, walking away from that, uh, that modified... High silencer that he seems to be flying. Yeah. I mean, did we want to make anything of that little red hanky <laughs> that Ray uh, has? Yeah, red I was hand. so confused. Where was that? Like, was that on the saber, or was she hold? Was it on her? Where I couldn't figure out where it was. 
I think it was tied to the stick. Or she had it. It was wrapped around her hand. Okay. That's what it is. Yeah, it's wrapped around her hand and she's holding that staff. But the red, it looks like a red cloth or like tie of some sort or ribbon that she has wrapped around her hand and she's holding like a big stick staff. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she's actually just holding like a tree branch in the other arm. Okay. Maybe that's her Ewok beating stick if this is Endor. Maybe she's uh. javelin something. <laughs> Maybe it's her Ewok roasting spit. Oh my god. <laughs> that was a oh. nice going dark, everybody. Roasted Ewok. No! <laughs> so then, yeah, so then we get Kylo walking away from that, that TIE fighter, lightning coming down. It, I don't know what planet again this is, but... One with water and waves. Yeah, so this could be, again, it looks to be like the scene of that, that Rey and Kylo battle. Yeah, and I was, so if if where he's walking out is where the Death Star 2 landed, and if it did land on the moon of Endor, I've been reading a few reference books recently, and they all mentioned the plains of Endor, so there weren't just forests, there were plains as well, and that's where the Yuzum lived, so there are plains on Endor. The moon of Endor, sorry. And if you're reading those in reference books, they're they're being put there for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. It's like, know, why put that. it there if they don't matter? Yeah, no, no. So yeah, look up look up for that then. The plains of Endor. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But the, you know, again the coloring it's it's you know it's dark blue, it's night, it looks a lot like that the same scene as that giant red oh, laser the, down. Where all the Imperial and where all the Imperial ships were, it's the same coloring as the fleet, the hidden fleet. It's more of that bluish palette, for sure. Yeah. It's tying into the poster as well. Yep. Uh, yeah, and then, and then of course, we get we, we move into Rey and Kylo battling it out on what is probably Death Star 2 wreckage. You can see the gun turrets from the Death Star surface in the background. This just looks... So majestic, so dramatic. It's unbelievable. I love this shot. To Beautiful. Death. Yeah, it's crazy. And as people it's pointed out grand. online, it's, it's the, the climactic battle of episode nine is, is a bit of an inversion of, of the battle of heroes from uh, episode three. Where it's, it's here we got crashing waves of water. Before, previously, it was crashing waves of. Lava. Yeah. So, of course, there's probably some thematic and symbolic value to that as well. Uh, when do you think this fight is taking place? Does this seem like an uh, end of movie type thing, or is this taking place earlier? What do you think, Marie? Mm. Well, considering. The next shot that comes, <laughs> I think it probably occurs before the end of the movie. Um, 
I'm not, I don't think, I think maybe the really, the big bad hasn't shown up yet. The big bad Palpatine hasn't really made himself known yet. So they're fighting, but they don't know yet about Palpatine, maybe. I'm not sure. I'm, yeah, I, I think this could be, it's not, initially, like when we, when we go back, because this, this is obviously the same battle as, as the vanity fair shots that blew us away in May. Mm-hmm. Um, we, you know, we look at this and go, oh, Rain Kylo fighting, this has got to be near the end of the movie. But now looking, looking at it from a different perspective, I think this really could be close to the beginning of the movie where it's, 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 both of them are after something on the Death Star wreckage. Yeah. And they're after it for different reasons. And this is maybe a bit of a grudge match based on their previous encounters before, before I guess, I don't know if there's going to be a, a coming together of these two, a partnership of some kind. But I, I think this is a bit of a, I guess, yeah, for me, that's what I put I it. I think it's, it's kind of a like a red match. herring. Yeah. Like, yeah. In the sense of, like, they, they want you to think it's the final match, but yeah. it's not. Like, they just slotted it in there, and it's actually earlier on in the movie. Um, yeah. I just, I, I, you wouldn't put Palpatine front and center on that poster where there's only three figures and, like, not. Use right. the big like climax battle. Like if like he's not even like they're not showing him because he's the surprise. I think so. Like I I don't think that that's gonna be, unless that's the battle that he's involved in, which I don't think it is. Um, I don't think that that's the one. I just I think that the final big battle will have to involve Palpatine in some way. Absolutely. Yeah. Maybe this this battle here, whatever business they have, Ray and Kylo at the Death Star, maybe this is what unlocks Palpatine or unleashes Palpatine's essence. Yeah, I could. Oh. I mean, if you think of like that whole uh, in Dar- in Charles Soule's Darth Vader comic, the Lord Momin helmet storyline and yep. stuff, like you know, you can unlock things with artifacts um that like can carry the soul or like the essence of something so absolutely you know it's definitely possible that like something that they're doing at the death star unlocks and unleashes um palpatine because like if that wasn't a possibility then why would they see that as lore as something that's possible for their artifacts to do like in the comic if they weren't gonna like Mm. want us to associate that with something that involves like then why would they share that information now like I feel like I don't know I know that like the comics and the theatrical films and and, like the books aren't as like you know one-on-one connective as they are but I feel like I mean this is part of the mythology of the show and like you are when you are writing the books like you do have to check in with like Lucasfilm and they do steer you like they're like oh no that's not possible or no this is possible and they like see- they'll they'll make sure that to steer you away if you're going the wrong route so like if they yeah. allow Charles Sewell to write that then that means that's part of the mythology which means like 
you know, if they're at the Death Star and they are trying to grab something or an artifact or something, like, it's possible that the essence of Palpatine is within that piece and that unlocks whatever they do can unlock and unleash him. And uh, I think with the Lord Moman helmet, it was that, like, you know, the the spirit was trying to take over the wearer of the helmet and, like, become the body of that, of like, to get his, to, because he was trying to manifest himself into a physical body again. And so, like, you know, Palpatine could have, because you first just heard the voice, it could have just been like this voice. And then he's trying to basically maybe take over a body and like come back to life. Who knows? Like, it, that's it could, just it me. Could absolutely be that. Yeah, that's totally just me. That. Like, totally like just spitballing. But like, I mean, that's a possibility in the universe because that's, you know, what that comic put into, you know, Star Wars canon. So, I still, I right. still feel like that gets overlooked. And I know that not, yeah. not everybody, only, only a small sliver of, of Star Wars fandom overall reads the comics, but I feel like right. I feel like Lord Moman is that guy who cheated death. Yeah, exactly. I don't think it's Plagueis. Like, I don't why, think it's Palpatine. And, I think it's this Moman guy who Palpatine yeah. knew about. And that's the thing is, like, mm-hmm. in the beginning of this trilogy, Kylo has that, has Vader's helmet. So, like, and I, I know that you and I talked about this and we were discussing, we're like, well, maybe that's, I mean, this is the Vader's comic book storyline and he's, there's this whole Lord Moment helmet thing. Well, that maybe that's why Kylo has the helmet or like, why are, was he so obsessed with this helmet thing? And like, you know, if you think about that too, like it is seated in there. So I feel like there are enough Easter eggs that if this did become the story it would be like an extra payoff for the people who did read this but Mm -hmm. it's so plausible and a huge surprise for people who don't read it but like would be like i feel like people who are fans of the show of the movies would be like oh my god this is so cool like that is totally believable but like they would still take it as like um a possibility even though like they haven't read it um and they were to watch it but i think they would like it so i feel like it's one of those things that there's like only there's no downside if they were to do it this way like i feel like it would just for the people who read the comics it would just be like this extra payoff easter egg that even something in rebels like um possession is something they even did in in rebels with the Dathomir, yeah. like Sabine was taken over by the Dathomir. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So the idea of being possessed in Star Wars is, is not new. So they, they could totally pull on that thread in, in the Rise of Skywalker. And at this point, I'm, I'm inclined to say they'll probably do it. It just seems yeah. it's happened too many other places for it not to happen here. And it makes sense with with Vader's helmet and with all the things we've seen. And it's a recurring theme within each trilogy of you know the the voice the sith voice in the ear you know whispering you know to come to the dark side and just that like having to battle that and that inner battle and i feel like that also had it does have a it's not it's not the same but it does have this quality of like light possession in a way like they're you know trying to possess you almost in a way it's like it's like priming almost yeah uh, before they fully take over it's the courting of the possession process where i mean when you i watch a lot of other shows and 
like um like supernatural where they do like possessions and stuff and like when they talk about in that show um you know in order for like lucifer or any angel to take over the body of a human they have to ask for permission and the person who is the vessel has to allow like say yes i invite you into my body and so it, it, it in order to take over like you you do kind of but they kind of whisper in your ear and they court you and like the devils typically trick you and they say like well i'm an angel but they don't like say that they're a fallen angel <laughs> or a demon you just like kind of leave out that part and then you know possess the person and you know the, the person gave permission so that person is possessed but it just kind of gives that i like because that's about angels and and demons and devils and things and it's very heavily steeped in that lore and i feel like that also kind of would have an influence on star wars like star wars does have that like kind of influence of that sort of stuff too so i feel like it wouldn't be out of out of question or out of the ordinary for that to have some sort of um also tie to that so i feel like it's very possible that you know there is enough imagery and connection to this concept of possession for it to be a viable storyline i yep. think so who absolutely is team talking to because right we get his voiceover at this point saying that your your journey nears its end who is he talking to marie oh gosh um well <laughs> considering what comes next yeah considering what comes next so if if he is let's say he's possessing ray which is what, at this point, I hope happens. I hope it's not just a vision. I hope he's actually possessing her, and it becomes this big, scary thing. Um, So I would say, if that's the case, that he's talking to Kylo, then. I have have no real guess on it. It's it's partly because I don't trust JJ. He loves the Uh. misdirect. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. yeah. He's the is, king of the misdirect. Yeah, I'm always, I'm always trying to like, most side eye, side eyeing this guy because I don't, I know he's trying to fool me. So we got, we got fooled in. I think it was the last Jedi trailer. Um, jeez, I can't remember which part it was now. Like, we kind of thought when when Kylo extends his hand to Rey, mm-hmm. the shock that we get of her extending her hand, I think, is was a a shot from a different part of the movie to make right. it seem like he, she was joining him. So I, you know, that was a clear misdirect. They love doing that. They, the, the thing with the lightsaber thing from TFA. These things, there's, there's always something that's a red herring to lead us astray. But yeah, I don't know. But but the next, it's the next, the next shot of, of Dark Ray. Oh. oh God, like I was not ready for that. It is beautiful. It's jarring. <laughs> <laughs> and I knew it was coming. Like we all, I think we all kind of got spoiled on, on that shot over the weekend. Like we heard about Dark Ray. We didn't see it, but yeah. we heard it. And I was like, whoa, yeah, what? I heard about it. And it's just you're still not ready for it when you see it. It's just No, there's so... just something about seeing it that's just shocking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not not like shocking, shocking, but like it just it's like it gives you it makes your heart stop for a second and you're like <gasps> like it holds your breath. 
almost. And yeah. Well, I showed, I yeah, showed I my family. Uh, we looked at this teaser right before before we recorded tonight. And the look on my, my daughter's face when she saw Dark Ray, and she just looked like destitute. No. Yeah. Breaks your heart a little. So, like, no. Yeah, I was like, oh man, like poor kid. Like she was just like her mouth was hanging open, like there's like sadness in her eyes. She's like, is Ray a Sith now? And I'm like, I don't know why it's in the movie. I hope not. Oh. But my wife was like, holy shit, like, what is happening? And my son's like, cool. Yeah. I have to say, I'm. I've always considered myself a Sith, so I wanted her to go bad in The Last Jedi, and when she didn't, that moment with, you know, Kylo and Rey fighting the Praetorian Guard, and she didn't go bad, I was just like, darn it, why? So to see her in a a dark form, I was just like, this is amazing. And do you want her to permanently stay there or you just want her to sort of have this this little flirtation or temporary yeah. stay on the dark side before she comes yeah. back? Yeah. I don't want her to stay there. I think just I mean, if she's possessed by Palpatine, that would be super cool, I think. Um, but yeah, I mean, of course I want everything to end up good in the end and everyone's happy and everything's great, but, um, but just seeing her go to the dark side for a little bit would be really interesting story-wise. Would it ever? And I guess, again, my buzzword, execution, how do they do it? What's the context of it? There's so many possibilities for this, right? Like, it, I guess her actually turning dark is possible. I don't know how she'd get that saber so quickly, but it's still yeah. possible. The, the Palpatine, I'm, 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 I'm sort of thinking that the Palpatine-induced vision is where I went immediately. Mm-hmm. Just as, as, like, he got into her head, and he's showing her how powerful she can be. Mm. But I think, I think that's probably the most common answer. And probably the answer that JJ would anticipate us, anticipate us coming to. So maybe it's not that at all. And we like we don't even know, even know if this if it is a vision. Is it even Ray's vision? Maybe it's Kylo seeing like, this dark Ray who's about ready to whoop his butt. <laughs> uh, a clone, clone of Ray is another one. Which no, <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm I'm not on board with with Ray clone a dark Ray clone at all. I saw someone say it was a clone of Ray called Ray A. Yeah, they can come to like Luke. Oh, that's Dark Empire, right? I can, I can, I don't I don't even know. I just I just know of Luke. <laughs> so cheesy. Yeah, whatever. I mean, whatever it turns out to be, I I, I cannot bring myself to believe that. Dark Ray is going to be a permanent thing. Like not not with her running around yeah, Galaxy's no. Edge uh-uh. reading kids and, and right. being the face yeah. of this trilogy. No way. And like what you said about your daughter, like that's really sad. Like yeah. <laughs> no, really no sad. I can't. And I identify with that too. So I like if I like however much I identify with that, 
I multiply that by like a million and that's how I feel like all the little girls who look up to Ray are feeling and there's no way that Disney is going to do that to those little girls like Disney is in the business of making kids dream so they're not trying to like shatter these kids and I know in the end they won't do this to us but I think it will be an interesting meditation on what it could be like. Well, I, I think um, and Daisy gave us a window into that where I, she said to somebody over the weekend that everybody has a dark side. And I think, yeah. I think this is that. This is, this is somehow her confronting the dark in herself. Somehow. But did you notice that the, um, the saber, her double-sided saber, has like that wonky blade that's been associated with Kylo's saber? Mm-hmm. It ha- it's, it's sort of hard to see if you watch on, on, on a phone, but if you watch on, a bit on your computer screen or TV, it's definitely there. It's the, bra- the blade is unstable, just like Ky- Kylo's. And that's also potentially very interesting. Huh. Yeah. And then uh, yeah, the other thing, the other takeaway I have from that shot is you can kind of see like the, the wall that she's standing near. And it looks a lot like the entrance to the cave of Dagobah, which yes. of course, you know, caves, caves in Star Wars, weird things happen. People have, yeah. have fiddled with the shock, playing with the brightness and stuff. So I, I don't think it's actually a cave. But uh, I mean that shot. There's a reason why they put it at the end. It's just to leave us with similar to Palpatine's voice. Shock and awe. Uh, yeah. And job well yeah. done. They they just knocked it out of the park with this teaser. I also kind of loved how, like, once she flips open her lightsaber, it kind of also gives you, like, the Darth Maul saber vibes. Because it has, like, yeah, it kind sure. of reminds his a little bit. Absolutely. He's, I mean, on screen, he's the only other person to have a double-sided saber. Yeah. So I thought, I was just kind of, yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting, and it was an interesting choice. Because, you know, he so famously has the only double-sided saber. So, like, yes, hers is flipped. But, like, it's a choice to make, to echo that saber with mm-hmm. this one. So, that was something that I just was like, hmm, that's interesting. I wonder if that was on purpose. Someone once told me that nothing in Star Wars is an accident. Nothing in Star Wars is an accident. So, hmm. There was another interesting yeah. comment that came out of the weekend. It came from Carrie Russell and Oscar Isaac. And they were talking about, of course, Zari Bliss and Poe Dameron and the, their relationship together, which was interesting because I didn't expect that. And, and Carrie said uh, that Zori is kind of a criminal and an old friend of Poe's. How cool. Like, that's that. There's a, there's a left field shocker for me. I never would have connected those two. Mm-mm. I like that pairing. It's, it's kind of I mean, like I, well, I, I'm interested to see them interact with each other because Carrie Russell, like I just loved how she played her character in The Americans. It was one of my favorite roles she's ever played, and thinking on that role and how she portrayed that character. And imagining her interacting with Poe and in in her character being as she described, I can only imagine like how exciting 
their interactions and their scenes are going to be. Um, so I'm really looking forward to watching this. Yeah, and there's potentially some, some possibly some big stuff. I don't want to be too deep into it. Marie, did you hear this that, that, com- that comment at all? Yeah, they said how they were old friends and how it may have connected to possibly the way Poe's past looked, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, um, totally. Like he's, Oscar said that Poe has a, has a bit more of an ambiguous past. Right. And, and, that, and that his past was maybe not as squeaky clean as, as we might have thought. Like, I was like, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I kind of feel like I... I don't know. I thought that... No, keep going. Sorry. <laughs> I was I'll just, just going to say that. Like, I feel like Poe, to this point, you can kind of trace a line back where he's always just been this, like, adrenaline junkie pilot, hotshot pilot. Right. I don't know. I, I always felt like, because I'm really... Like, I have this, like, weird ability to be attracted to, like, secret hidden bad boys or, like, someone with a dark past. And, like, I always, like, was obsessed with Poe. And I feel like he gives that vibe off where he could have had, like, a secret dark past and, like, kind of mysterious, like, isn't exactly what he may seem. Because I think, like, his hot-headedness and the way he reacted in The Last Jedi with the whole Holdo stuff. And like, I, I I just think that like, I don't know. I just felt like just the way that he is and his temperament, like in the way he has like his temper, I just felt like, Oh, this boy has a past. It might not be good. It, it, it might've well, been a little, a little dangerous. So yeah, like I just, so I, that wasn't like a huge surprise to me. I was like, Oh, I see that. Like, yeah, I see that. So, I don't know. I'm interested to see how that kind of comes back into play with, like, um, his how he has curated his image thus far and, like, the way that he um, is so, like, he tries to have this, like, very strong, like, like big brother type, like, I look, you can look up to me and, like, trust me and what my my knowledge type of vibe and like reconciling that with like how if like how Carrie Russell is going to interact with Poe like is it just going to be the two of them or are his pals also going to be confronted with Carrie Russell and like are they going to see him and how he interacts with her and I mean Mm -hmm. it's interesting to see how that's going to play out um and if that's going to be this like interesting tension, tense moment think, between this. his current friends. So if these two characters go way back, and considering that we think Zori's ship is supposedly the one that dropped Ray off on Jakku, it makes you wonder if Poe had a hand in that somehow. And I'm not I'm I'm in no way suggesting that these are Ray's parents. That just doesn't work. <laughs> <It>, uh, weird. <laughs> But if he did, if Poe somehow knew, because look, he's, is it a coincidence that he was on Jakku as well to kick off TFA? I don't know. It, it, it seems like there's things here that can be connected so far. And if, if he did, 
if he did have something to do with, with Rey on ja ending up on Jakku, then his line from The Last Jedi, when, at the end of the movie, when she goes, I'm Rey, and he goes, I know. Like, that takes on a whole new meaning. Mm. Not just, like, I've heard of you and your exploits over the last couple of weeks and what you've done. I know you're Rey because I'm partially responsible for you growing up and where and how you did. Like, that adds a, a whole new layer to Poe Dameron. Yeah. That shifts the character entirely. And, 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 and to, I, I'm not, I don't want to undersell Poe. I think he's a great character. And I think his, his arc in The Last Jedi was possibly the best of, of anybody's. But I didn't expect, and of course I'm just speculating, but I didn't expect that we'd be at this point with Poe. I thought he was going to be just like meeting the heroes on an adventure and, and being that daring pilot hero guy with the dash more of, um, I guess, restraint, good, uh, a better ability to make choices at this point. But it seems yeah. like we're adding layers to this character now. Which is, which yeah. is crazy at this point of the, of the saga, but here we uh. go. So that's it. That, that takes us through this amazing trailer, which just drained me for today. <laughs> so how, how, how are you feeling for this movie? We've got, we've got, we have to wait about, I would say, another six, eight weeks, six, eight weeks until we get the full trailer. That'll probably happen in early to mid-October. And then, and then we're off to the races until December. Like, are you, how, how excited are you for this? I'm telling myself to temper my expectations yes. because right now I'm super hyped. And I don't want to go into it being super hyped because I don't want to be let, uh, let down. I don't think I will be let down, but I just don't want to risk it. Is there anything... I'm definitely trying to pace myself, yeah. Yeah. Marie, is there anything that could happen in this movie that, whether they do it or don't do it, is there something in this movie that you just hope does not happen? Hmm. Like, like something to the... If this happens, like, movie ruined. I don't think so. Because even... Like, Force Awakens, for me, was not the best movie ever. Um, I I was honestly disappointed in it. So, I was a little nervous to begin with about J.J. coming back on board. Because I was like, no, he did Force Awakens. <laughs> but... <laughs> But then, like, everything that's been put out based around this movie just looks epic and incredible and so cool. So, I don't... There's nothing that... And the main reason why I wasn't so big on Force Awakens is because it felt like a rehash of A New Hope to me. Um, and I know that gets said all the time by all different kinds of people. But, that honestly, that's how I felt. So... But Last Jedi was not a rehash of anything. I loved it. And um, I'm just hoping that Rise of Skywalker will also not be a rehash of anything and that he will take lots of risks. That's the thing. When I left the theater after seeing Force Awakens, I was like, he didn't take any risks. And that really got to me. 
So I want to see risks to being taken, crazy things happening. Yeah, I, I, I want, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I want him to have like layers to his movie. Yeah. How about you, Michelle? How does this, what does this teaser do for your hype level? Um, I'm really excited about it. Um, I always try to keep like a healthy, like, expectation when I go into these. So, like, I don't try to like expect a lot. Like, I don't go in with expectations of like what I want to see. I just like go in like excited to like watch it. Um, and like, I'll, I try to like, take the trailers as like you know i i mean i'll sit here and like with you guys like discuss and dissect it but then like i won't really think about it much after that like i'll just watch it over and over again and be like it's so cool i'm so excited and like try not to think about it um i really do and like it kind of like when i get busy like i I distract myself with other things so like it's not really that hard because i have to like read a lot of books and like watch a lot of content so it's like i get distracted um but like, you know, when I go in, I just like get really excited about it. And um, I just go in like hoping to enjoy it and like hoping to be surprised um, in a good way. Like not like I always hope like I hope I don't like predict everything that's going to happen right before it's going to happen. Because like when you study storytelling and watch so much content and are reading so many books, like you kind of start seeing patterns and how people tell stories. And so like you start being like, oh, well, when you're watching a movie, you're like, well, that's probably going to happen next. And then this character is probably going to do that. And then this character is probably going to turn. And like you can already kind of like pace out what you think the story will end up, how it will end up unfolding, because there's like a typical pace to things and yeah. a typical way that people tell stories and like a structure and a three X structure and like in film and stuff. So like you can kind of assume what's going to happen and 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 as as you see the cues like you can tell like oh yeah that's definitely gonna happen and most of the time I'm right so um I always hope to be surprised like and be like oh I didn't see that coming or like even if I did see it coming like it still feels like a payoff and like it's good um because the acting is good or you know there's something visually really arresting or um and usually that happens for me and that's why I was able, like, I've been able to enjoy these Disney trilogy movies so much, I think, because, like, I just go in hoping to enjoy it and hoping to be taken on, like, a journey and a ride and, like, you know, that there's going to be good, compelling storytelling. The characters are strong. Like, for me, like, good story, like, I don't, like, plot's okay. It Plot's great. But, like, for me, it's character and, like, mm. um, voice. And, like, if the character and the voice aren't right like then it bothers me i think that's why i had issues with game of thrones this season because i felt like some of the characters didn't feel authentic to their character so like that's what i care about like i just want the characters to feel authentic to the character and if they're different um that there's storytelling and plot device that supports the reason why the characters are the way they are right now in this story or iteration personally i felt like in the last jedi like there was enough to support like Luke would be the way that he would be sure. There's, I wish would like some more information, but you know, I felt like there was enough there. And I think like, I think that's like, you know, uh, not go in there being like, this is the way that it needs to be because, um, you know, we don't control 
the series. So I just I just hope that like, you know, I'll enjoy it and that I feel like the story is befitting to what the characters deserve and that the characters yeah. are authentic to the characters as we know and love them. Um, yeah. And if they change that there's enough of a reason in terms of like support from plot that would explain why they are changing in that way. So that's really what I look for in the movie. Um, I try not to go in with expectations other than that. Those are just my wishes. I won't be mad. We should just be banging that drum that way. I think that's just like telling everybody to leave expectations. That's how we interact with art though. Like, yeah, you you shouldn't be placed like all of like frustration on something it's art like you're supposed to enjoy it like but it's not the end of the world you know so like I, it's important but um you know like if if it's not exactly the way you would want it i don't think that it's it, it, it can't be the way that you imagine it in your head canon like i mm. still think it's okay to have your own head canon even if you don't like something so i mean that's why fan fiction is a thing and people enjoy it and it's a huge you know uh arena of popularity and so like you know personally i'll just be like writing my own fan fiction if like there's something that i don't enjoy so it's chill like (laughs) i just want to enjoy it yeah 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 be entertained you know i want to be entertained entertain me jj and you know what If, if, if you're not what we learned this weekend is that there is something else in this galaxy that will probably suit you just fine. Right. Exactly. <laughs> There's so many stories. And, so you know, many. not everyone's not just like not everyone likes the same ice cream flavor. Not everyone likes the same pizza topping. Not everyone's going to like the same types of stories. And it's OK. Like, it's OK if you don't like the same people or the same stories or the same books or the same movies or the same shows. Yeah, There's enough totally shows fine. for everyone. We can I all just, be yeah, happy. Yeah, I, I think for this, with episode nine, I think you just kind of want you want this finale to put a cap on the saga properly and be the air quote satisfying thing that they're talking about. But also, it's this is this is the movie that will make or break. I think the sequel trilogy, and I think it's it's the thing that's going to make it either vital to the entire saga or if it's if it's sort of like this hollow shell of cool action scenes but lit, a lot of fan service but not much story then it's just going to feel tacked on and that, that's kind of what i don't want i want this to feel like it's integral to the overall saga yeah that makes sense anyway there'll be plenty of time to air out our, air out our grievances later for now let's let's put a cap on it and uh just what a, what a time to be alive if you're a Star Wars fan. This is absolutely nuts. Woo! But that, is, that will do it. That will do it for our breakdown of this teaser trailer. We have another one, yeah. a full trailer to look forward to in, in a couple months' time. We'll, we'll do this all again. Um, but if you want out there want to be a part of the podcast, we'd love your questions about the teaser or anything you saw at D23. You can send those to us uh, for our next episode, which I hope to make as a, again, uh, a listener question episode. So send those to tumblingsaber at gmail.com and we'll, we'll handle them on the next episode. Uh, if you want to help us out, you can share this extra long podcast. Here we are at three hours. Sorry, guys. <laughs> three hours, but oh, wow. if you enjoyed what you heard, share it with your friends. 
leave us a review, you know, just spread the word of Tumbling Saber and, and let them know if they need more Star Wars in their life, we are here to scratch that itch. Uh, shout out to Rob Wade for endorsing this episode and all episodes of the Tumbling Saber podcast as part of the E14 endorsed program, which you can learn about at emotionally14.com. And also be sure to check out our friends at the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. You can do so. Check out our friends at StarWarsCommonwealth.com or on iTunes as a podcast provider. So finally, with all that out of the way, Michelle, as you get out to Atlanta, where can we find you on social media? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at tediously underscore brief. And you can also find my bookstagram, which is where I post uh, my book blog and photos of all my books and uh, film and fandom stuff. Um, I was taking a hiatus, but I'm going to be posting again starting this fall. Um, just been like bulking up on content and ideas and uh, new things. So that will be fun. And that's at Traveling Book Nerds. Uh, and you can find me on Facebook at Michelle Grandine. Awesome. And Marie, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Alia Morgane. And you can find my Star Wars review blog at the at, um, the, the review.blogspot.com. And then I write a variety of articles for beyondtheblastors.com. And if anybody listening is in Atlanta heading to DragonCon this weekend, they can catch you there too. It's going to be awesome. You are heading there. You're doing a couple of panels. Best of luck with those, Marie. You're, you're Thank killing you. on, the, on the panel circuit these days. Woo. Killing it. It's yeah. so much fun. Killing <laughs> it. <laughs> I wish I knew that that was going on and I was like going to be around and that would be fun. But um, unfortunately, I already have plans and I won't be in Atlanta, I think, that over the weekend. So. Sad. And you can find me at Tumbling Saber on Twitter and on Instagram, where I don't do a whole lot, but I'll connect with you anyway. Uh, so that's it, everybody. After three plus hours, I'm 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 done. <laughs> all done. You're done. And uh, but we hope you enjoyed the podcast. We hope you enjoyed all this fallout from D23. Uh, let us know your thoughts. And uh, again, get in touch with us for next week's show. And uh, that, that'll do. So guys. Gals, everybody, have yourself a great week, and we will talk to you later. May the force be with you. Bye. Bye. Static draws me closer to your dreams fall away signs blindly to the lines on your face beating strong drifting
breathing If only to see you next to me Sleeping Soundly Smiling Not really Are you running away? 